Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. Hey, it's a Monday. It's a happy Monday. It's a not one, not two, not three, not four. Yes, four. One, two, three, and four. Yes, that's right. Four wins, which would mean this would be the fifth win getting to talk about the four wins on Monday night in a rehash and a and a happiness of, of the first ever Big 12 win for the football program. Three straight victories to open the 2023-2024 basketball season. And of course, just, just, just happiness abounding left and right as it is coming up winning. This entire week has been nothing but wins. Well, except for one other topic, which we'll touch on a lot later in the show. But we're going to talk about winning, man. This is a, a happy pod. This is an upbeat pod. This is a Monday where we get to come on glowingly and review all of the success that has happened within the past week. It's also Monday where I'm going to bring in my guys. And we got another guy who is, who's, who's back, back on the pod after a couple weeks off. I, I don't know if he's joined well during this intro or not, but he is coming back. So without further ado. He's, he's back. Oh, he's back. So without further I'm ado, back, we, got baby. we got guys, we got pals, we got we got all four together at once. That's right. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? We won. I'm we good. We won. We won. We won. It's a miracle. Woo! When's the Up, I, I, I I found one of my favorite bags of chips ever today. Another win. Another win. On your Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, have you ever had them, Royer? No, they look good as hell, though. Oh, Wait, what kind of chips? Uh, here, hold on one second. I'll go get a, a the bag and show you. Okay, I'm excited. You know, this is wow. this is an exciting pod. I we're so upbeat <laughs> about all these wins. I think Aaron's gonna be off his phone for the entire pod. He's gonna be locked in, <laughs> ready to just smile from ear to ear. Tweeting out the show link right I now. I know. I'm just saying excitement. What we got? Whoa! Whoa! What is victory that? chips? Interesting. Have you ever had Tapatio? Yeah, I've had Tapatio. I have yeah. not. Uh, on a Dorito. Yeah. These are my favorites ever. Is my it where favorite Doritos? Where'd you find this? Uh, just at the grocery store by my house. I, I I I would randomly, when I'm on the road doing AAU stuff, I'll randomly find them in some gas station, like in the middle of absolute nowhere. And that's how I had them the first time. I, I find them like once every four or five years, I find a bag. Okay. And Kelsey had to stop and get something today at the grocery store. And as we were leaving, there they were on the shelf with like a shining light coming out from them. Uh, so I got those. And then I had one of my favorite dinners tonight. Oh. Tell the them about Loco Moco action. Shouts to Sage Tolentina. You ever had a Loco Moco, Royer? No. What is it? White rice, seasoned burger patty, salt, pepper, garlic, Worcestershire sauce. You fry up the burger, you put the burger on top of the white rice, you cover it with brown gravy and two over medium eggs. Ooh. And you cut the eggs and the yolk runs down into the burger and the rice with the brown gravy. It's a Hawaiian thing. It's a okay. Hawaiian thing. They are outstanding. Ed, you're an idiot. Ban him, Aaron. Um, 
<laughs> People can like different Doritos. Get out. No, it's not that he likes a different Dorito. It's that he's never tried this Dorito. He doesn't so like spicy. So how do you know? He doesn't like spicy. He, he's, I should have known. I should have known he, he doesn't like He that. thinks the Sprite is spicy. The Sprite at McDonald's is spicy. Uh, well, that's for, a for fact. Ed. That's a fact, but it's not spicy not. like it, it's hot. It's spicy like it's spicy. Right. Like, like, why is it spicy? Like that. Yeah. yeah that kind of spicy. No, I, no, I agree. Uh, it, well, Chad, it, I, I will, to uh, compound on your, your chip combo, uh, the road trips to and fro from uh, Cincinnati, the 513 back to Indy, have, that, it's not good for my, uh, my Grippo's barbecue edition. Oh, I mean, if I, like, Grippo's is number one. Yeah. Like if we're going to yeah. chip rating, Grippo's is Grippo's barbecue. There's nothing better on the planet. Man, I had some with my uh, ham sandwich for lunch today, okay. and it was it was one of the bright red bags. Oh yeah, it wasn't one of the light red bags. It was one of those one where you pull the first chip out and you go, Woo! Oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're for a good spice, <laughs> good spice hour. Lock it in. I, you know, I I've even started to have a hankering for the uh, sweet Maui onion every every once in a while. It's, yeah, just it's a strange, strange time for the uh, for the young Maui onion. Let's go over here. Just have you had those, Royer? They're not bad. I have. They're not bad. It's like a, it's like an interesting bite, and I'm like, where? What is this flavor? But uh, yeah, well, good, Chad. I'm I'm happy to hear. How are we? Is good. You're you're in high spirits. I love that, Aaron. How are we, sir? Good. Just had a day with the baby. No appliances broke today, so that was a good day. Gosh, there we go. <laughs> Survive advance. This is this is college basketball season. So, Royer, how are we? <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, it's been a while since <clears throat> since I've been on here, but been a kind of hectic uh, couple of weeks for me. But just happy to be back with you guys and celebrating a rare moment this year for the boys um a victory boys are back uh, so get, get to talk about that and watch some basketball getting in getting in some some cats hoops action on my okay. palette um nice. liking what i'm seeing so far um especially with you know our two best players not even well some of some of the two best players not even eligible right now so it's just like a teaser just sitting like oh what could we be with those two guys right now. Um, but yeah, it's been good, man. Uh, good weekend. And just excited to break it all down with you guys. He's back. Gosh, he's back. Chad, that was good. That, like as a prepared man right here. Uh, the the right. little the little well well last week was a little interesting. We worried. We worried if you were just done with us. Like I'm not oh, I can't no. talk about losing anymore. Uh, I'm no longer <laughs> a podcaster. Dude, I had like two weeks ago. I had like the worst night ever. I worked till one in the morning. Yeah, and then the weekend. I guess you guys must have established that the show wasn't gonna happen because my happy ass was sitting down in this chair Monday night. Like, where's this email? Like, what's going on? Because I was at the Bengals. Why do you think we were texting you the day before? I thought you, I thought you guys were just doing an impromptu show. Like Brett was no. like, "Hey, can we get someone on here? Like, we're gonna do a little breakdown." I was like, "My ass was in a chef's costume at the Bengals game." We oh hell yeah! Oh yeah! Um, 
It was a good time, though. <laughs> no, there was a basketball game. We couldn't, we can't do two things at once. Yeah. I, I understand. Wow. I thought you guys might have just hopped on the and did a quick show. Yeah, was I was, at, like I was at the arena. I was at the arena. Yeah. Well, on Monday? Yeah. So were you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Locked in. Fifth third arena, baby. That's, that's been a beautiful spot the last uh, week as well. But, um, yeah, man. Have you been filling up those lower bowl seats better this year? Well, kind of. For the last two games, that's all they could fill. So, yes. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah overall, I think the excitement's brewing, if you will. Um, yeah. I, you know what? It, so it, it's kind of strange, you know, when you're frustrated, you, you drive like a little, you know, like thinking like, oh, what is going on? But when you're happy, boy, oh boy, you're, you're like, you know, Aaron Smith on your phone. You're like, like Chatty B smiling, playing music real loud. Like, like, like Royer just literally going 25 over all excited because we are back <laughs> and we are winning. And if that happens, you know, you might, you, you might accidentally do something, you know. We need to go to Danco Transmission. I don't care, and uh, talk to Danco Joe. Tell him to fix up whatever you just did to your doggone car. Get get a ten, you know, ten dollars off an oil change while you're there. Get ten percent off your next fixing over at Danco Transmission. We love you, Danco Joe. As always, uh, just mentioned the BBP, mentioned Chad, Aaron, Ryan, uh, just mentioned everyone. Um, get it all worked out for you. Uh, let's uh, should we should we dive into most recent with basketball or let's let's wrap up football and then and then do the heavy b ball talk like we normally do? I but uh, before that, I do need to get Aaron's pulse on uh, the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey saga. You know, it, it, <laughs> they are in love. Let's go. Man, that was that was yeah, a, that little run over. Oh, gosh, Karma is the guy on the cheeks, Brent. Yeah, could you believe that? Oh my god. This is either the greatest like PR acting job of all time, but I just don't nah, think so. This him. is legit. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. They're in love, Ryan. Like they're I... gonna get married, from what I can tell. <laughs> that's a guy that is happy and a girl. Papa Swift in, in the Chiefs lanyard. Oh yeah. I and and what was it? They down in Argentina, right? That's where that was. Yeah. I, I I mean that. That takes a lot for a guy on his off off weekend to go down to Argentina. Hemisphere. Yeah, I mean, that's that's unlike Travis. But hey, he he did it. I, and the funniest thing going around the internet right now is uh, is that picture, Chad. You were you you King and I were talking about it yesterday at the uh, basketball game. But Royer, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a, it's a tweet of the of Jason and Travis Kelsey together. At higher know. ground, Travis's freshman year. Yeah. Could you find that, that real like quick? Sexiest, or? <laughs> sexiest man alive and yeah, dating yeah. Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah one awesome. one of these guys is in the running for sexiest man alive, and the other one is dating Taylor Swift. I it's it's incredible, honestly. Look, <laughs> again, Donna and Ed have never there no two humans have ever had more success in their only two uh attempts at parenting than those two. Yeah. I mean, gosh, what a win! <laughs> what a win! And and then and then good old good old Travis saying that you know Jason's wife is is his is his uh, you know the best sister in law he could ever have. Like 
all it's all just coming together real well, really well. That picture yeah. of Travis proves you're not ugly, you're just poor. <laughs> yeah. Right. True. He had to grow into Travis Trav had to grow into it. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, he, he figured it out, man. He he sure as hell figured it out. But just uh just like us. Yeah. Slow and steady, right? I'm still trying to, still trying to find it. that peak. There it is. <laughs> Look at that picture. I, I mean, do we know the boy Zach? Is he is he a friend? No, uh, just, just just a guy on Twitter, I think. Just a guy that oh, got like over multi-million yeah. views on that one tweet. Four point eight million views. Well yeah, done, think... brother. Well done. I mean, that picture's made the rounds. Oh yeah, over the years, it, it's not a new picture, but uh... at the Super Bowl, that was that was a heavy pick that. Yeah, people were were promoting. That was that was back in Travis's quarterback days. Yeah, he was oh, a QB at that point in time. Oh, wow, hadn't, hadn't put the one in front of the eight yet. Yep, yep. <laughs> Jason was already thirty-two in that picture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easily, easily. Did you see the video I tweeted today, guys? Oh yeah, I, I watched what? it. It was it was basically a breakdown of like why Jason is the best center to ever play the game. Like it was all this very specific stuff about how great he is in the run game, the screen game and pass blocking. And some of the stuff that you see on there, it's just like, there's no other center that's ever done like that. He's now, they were talking about how like the system that he was in with Chip Kelly, it, it used to pull both guards but in college, but in the NFL, it's too hard to pull the right guard all the way to the left side. So they completely changed it and had Jason instead doing the pull-in and all these plays where he's like, you know, eight, ten yards down the field just obliterating a safety or a linebacker. Or There was a bunch of stuff talking about how they actually, like, essentially he's also a fullback. Because he gets through, he can squeeze through the line of scrimmage so quick and get out in front of a run and be like a lead blocker, like a fullback. Like it was just a bunch of stuff that was like, dude, it's like 27 minutes of like, my God, man, nobody's ever done it like that. You know, the greatest yeah. thing is you can like for, I, I mean, I don't know if, if it ever happened when you were there, uh, Ryan, but I mean, it, that, that could be just, you know, added motivation for a center to want to be, you know, I want to keep up the tradition of, of following the footsteps of Jason Kelsey and, and just all these other good players, obviously, but Jason Kelsey being there in the front, just wanted to be like him is, is just an added motivation. He's the most <laughs> athletic offensive lineman that's probably ever lived. Ever. Ever. And, and you see about their, uh, one of their roommates, Zach Kolaris, this this Sunday will suit up for his fourth straight Grey Cup in the wow, CFL. Not surprising. That's his we need thing. to get him on this offseason. He yeah, oh for sure. He's he's the only quarterback to ever do that in the history of the CFL. Four straight Grey Cup appearances. So yeah. congrats to him. Um but yeah he's like Gene that's, Kelly. Yes. Yeah but he's one. Yeah. <laughs> the good version. Right. Yeah. I had to throw a Bills jab in there for my roommates, especially with playing tonight. I hope they heard it. I want the one no, guy to come in. They're that, playing uh, two-hand touch football right now. Oh, 
there's like a two-hand touch rec league and they're all over it like can i borrow your gloves they got my fucking bearcat gloves on from football (laughs) looking like idiots sure that ends well most games (laughs) yeah probably fights galore but uh that's talking uh, Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey and everything Bearcats. So, uh, Aaron, you can come back, brother. Because we're about to talk about a win. I mean, do we timestamp the, uh, the Taylor Swift? Yeah, let's timestamp intro and, and T-Swizzle. All right. Aaron's not Intro like and, and Taylor Swift slash Travis Kelsey in love. What did uh, Tavis, is that what they're calling it? Tavis? Yeah, something like that. Is that the one that's kind of stuck? It was. It was what we can say. Travis Swift, or no, no, Taylor. Kelsey? Quick paper. You're enough, Brent. Enough. <laughs> Quick paper supply your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups. Custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have a cleaning and restroom supply uh, service for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick at 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. And Brent, I'll just say this. Yes. That New Heights Wednesday will be the most watched podcast in the history of podcasts. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Because Jason is going to give him hell. Yeah. And it is going to be... Oh, kissy, kissy with your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. You're in love. It'd be great. Tune into that, but only after you watch and listen to this. So, sure. Let's uh, let's get on it. First, first Big Twelve win. Tough road road trip in, in Houston, taking on the Cougs. TD ECU Stadium it kind of reminded me of ECU in the mix, and then I saw the crowd, and I was like, "Wow, we're back in the AAC for a little weekend." But uh, there is a Big Twelve. Is a victory, twenty-four to fourteen. Uh, you know what? And and simply, the Bearcats are back. I mean, that was just yet again another display of first half outgained the opponent by a hundred yards. First half, double the first downs of the opponent. First half, just every single stat that we continue to harp on week in and week out. Yet again, there was the team doing it officially, but also holding a lead. In the first half, I want to quickly bring up what was uh, the first touchdown score in the opening series uh, for the Cincinnati offense since the Miami game. In all the Big 12 games, Oklahoma three and out. BYU was the pick six. Iowa State was the missed wide open touchdown pass to D. Wiggins, which was considered the turning point of that game. Baylor was a failed fourth and one at the Baylor 20 yard line. Oklahoma State was the doink. 23-yard field goal after Oklahoma State scored on their opening drive. And then UCF was the sack that killed the momentum, leading to a 39-yard field goal make. So, you know what? When you put together a first drive like the Bearcats did on Saturday night, it's a good way to get things heading in the right direction. Um, Chad and Aaron, you guys had a nice little nightcap about the game. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna dish down to Royer and and just kind of get your, your your thoughts on on the last few weeks and and kind of what this win does kind of the the whole monkey off the back type thing uh, positive momentum this that and the other your your thoughts that yeah I've, I've been able to talk well, obviously the last few weeks leading into uh, to this big win. 
Yeah, it's it's nice to find a way to win because we found a way to lose basically all season. And it's kind of just embarrassing to think, well, this is our – we just broke the seven-game skid, first mm-hmm. Big 12 win, but we're in, what, week 10 of the season. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see them win. But, it, you know, when you beat a team like Houston at Houston in the stadium where you felt like you were back in the American Athletic Conference, it's not – it wasn't really like pulling anything – too hard on me at least i i thought that yeah like i said there, there was good things the run game is going well like like it's been going uh trend in the past couple games so it's good to see that um but you know you win a 24 14 game in a mediocre environment against against a mediocre big 12 team um i don't want to be like debbie downer but yeah. it's just kind of i i am being debbie downer um I, it, you know, at least the guys are still like playing to win. And I guess the everything didn't fold right in. Like I kind of felt like it was trending when you lose seven games in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was happy for them. I thought they played well across the board. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like I wasn't like jumping up and down, like thinking it was the greatest thing in the world, to be honest with you. I mean, you, you mean to tell me homecoming? At TDECU Stadium is not an electric environment, man. Yeah, <laughs> I was terrible. I mean, I was. I also I've been proud of kind of how the Bearcat fans have still kind of been showing up for the team, especially when the team's been putting a lot of dog shit out on the field. Um, and that's kind of what it is when you're when you lose seven games in a row and you're just finding every way to lose a game. But you know, like I said, they didn't really do that this week, so. There has been slight improvement, which is kind of what I've been begging for. So that's the positive I kind of I kind of saw. There but we go. It, it's still always that like this team could always just I always just feel like they can play just so much better because they have the tools. I think they have a good <clears throat> a good scheme, and I just it, I'm always wanting something more, and it, it's gonna it's never gonna feel satisfying when you're getting win number three in week 10. Ryan. Winning Here he comes. is hard. <laughs> okay, it's Coach hard. Fickle. Enjoy it. All right, Fig. You're allowed to <laughs> smile for, like, they, they gave you a reprieve. Don't be a miserable Say fuck it. and just enjoy the win. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy it. I was happy for him. But my reflection – I was happy for him, but I'm over it. Yeah. Well, lights are brighter on the basketball court right now. Hey, they are. They are. And and we're going to get to that probably probably sooner rather than later. Um, Aaron, Chad, a couple days removed. Obviously, you had the the nightcap there. But uh, just kind of any more reflection that you have thought after the, uh, you know, obviously just 10-point win. Probably could have been more. A couple opportunities there, especially that, that late little, you know, try to plunge in from the from the one yard line that was uh, denied, almost a turnover. But uh, just I guess you know, overall thoughts. A couple days removed. Aaron, go ahead. Um, for me, I'm just happy they won. I'm, I'm still just elated that they won. It makes talking about it far easier. It makes coming in and doing these shows easier it makes 
people's comments. Unless Ryan's here. <laughs> people's people's comments are a little nicer. Yeah, they won and Ryan came back. Weird how that worked out. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> if they had, if they had lost day. out, I don't know if we I don't know if we see Ryan until next season. Who knows? But uh, uh, no, it, it just I'm happy they won. It it it's not for lack of of effort. I don't I don't think it's just been a lot of talk about execution, a lot of talk about discipline, uh, a lot of talk about a lot of different things in in between. But regardless. You got another W, and it feels way better being on that side of the column than taking another L. I mean, Aaron, to your point, like <laughs> outside of Iowa, that second half at Iowa against Iowa State, where I thought it was fair to question their effort, effort, effort yeah. their their confidence, like it just looked like a team that was really down on themselves and and. At that point, it was like, are they going to be able, are even able internally to rebound and, and bounce back from this thing? Um, and so I think that speaks volumes to like where they're at. Like, it's not like this is a team that's just been complete dog shit all season. It's been a team that has so many self-inflicted wounds that have cost them two, three, four games that it's frustrating because – they're not, and this is not to say they're good, so I don't want people jumping on me, but they're not as bad as their record says they are. They're still bad, but they're not as bad as their record says they are. They're not going out and looking like this is what makes that that game makes this game BYU game makes me more angry than any because that team is terrible. <laughs> I mean, they are bad. They get stomped like two out of three weeks. It feels like, um, but it hasn't been effort. And I think that is, is why a lot of this is even more frustrating because it's correctable stuff that hasn't been corrected, but it was corrected on Saturday. And yeah, there were a few things like take the points at the end of the first half Deshaun pace, just get down. Like, I know he's trying to make a play for his team. He Like, he wants to win the game. But you're up, and you've got the ball at the 10-yard line. Get down. Like, your momentum had stopped. When you start – when you when you take your third change of direction to try to go back the other way, it's time to just <laughs> take a knee and let the offense go from the 10. <clears throat> like, you know, there were some things, and it's like, not, not again. Like, they hadn't pulled away at either of those two points yet where you felt like they were, you know, there was a good chance they were going to win. Um, and it felt like both of them was like, all right, here we go. Here's that point where, you know. The point where we do what we've done all year. Yeah. It like Blow it. <laughs> here's where Lucy pulls the football again, and Charlie Brown ends up flat on his ass looking up at the sky. Yeah. But it didn't happen. <laughs> So yeah. it's a celebration. I agree. I, I mean, the thing, the thing is, there was probably about four different moments where that was kind of the case. You know, like it, the, you know, I mentioned one was the uh, the punt that pretty much Deshaun Pace could have probably tackled the punter. Just, like, yeah, he was, he, I mean, that was a great move. Oh, it was it was fantastic. A little little Olay and 
then it gets gets down inside of the 10 yard line and then there was a you know the fourth and one where Emory was under center and then they call a timeout comes back out of shotgun they get stuffed you know there's a, a handful of momentum shifting plays that could have allowed for the home team to use their hundreds of fans in attendance to get them get them riled up and and try and bring home a homecoming win but uh what is that shit man that was so bad I just can't believe it. I felt like it, like, like at Temple last year. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean it was still. I, they were able to overcome those, and they were able to come up with the plays on their end when needed, especially on defense. Man, I, you know the turnover battle, Chad. You kind of mentioned it. I the I and Aaron, you did a good job giving the props to uh, to Jordan Young. But man, I I it's it cannot be stated as loud as possible how good of a game Jordan Young had. I think it's pretty safe to say that was probably his best game as a Bearcat. Um, and, and he ended up coming off the bench, wasn't even in the starting lineup. I want to know what his snaps from being on the outside versus on the on the inside were, like what the ratio is on, right. on those snaps. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't quite remember, but I re- – Think about the big plays he had. He had that one where he, he tipped it up and, and Dorian Jones came up with the interception. He had the other play where yeah, it was kind of just a quick quick pattern out to the left side, and he came up and stuck the guy for no gain. And then he had that one play on fourth and short where he was able to, to wrangle the uh, the Houston player down and bring him up short of the line after review. So All of those were in the inside of the field, though. None of those were – down the sideline. So that's, I guess, where I'm going with. Right. Well, he, well, the I one he, where he stuffed him for a no game was on the outside. So, yeah. But, but I think that was I think that was a, a route that started on the inside and, and broke out. I don't think that was a route that started from one of the outside receivers is what I'm getting at. Okay. So yeah. I don't – I'm just curious as to if how much how much his mindset changed playing as like a, a, a nickel or a dime corner as opposed to – playing that boundary side or, or or playing either outside corner spot for that matter. He had a, had a great game. I, uh, it was, it was big play after big play. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of break down the tape there. Um, but Raekwon Atkins getting the start at, at one corner spot is the first true freshman to start since Royer. Sauce Gardner. Hey now. <laughs> Is that the bad. Jordan Young you guys were thinking we were going to get kind of when you were watching him this preseason? So I remember he was – every time we would talk, you guys would just be like, yeah, Jordan Young's solid out, outside. Is it just – be, be a Chad question, but is that, yes, yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> um, Sammy Anderson was kind of the one that came on heavy yeah. at, at higher ground. But spring ball, it was it was all Jordan Young. And, and the thing is, Jordan Young is, is you know, I don't want to. He's young. Words. He's young. <laughs> you know, it's a, he's a sophomore, he's, right? He's, he's going to be able to come back and and continue to play, and he's getting all these snaps. And he, we mentioned Atkins at one side, and then how how about the play of, of Kalen Carroll, just getting better and better with with each snap of the. He had what three pass breakups in the game. It, it was a big time showing out of the two freshman corners as well. So. A lot of, lot of things to build on, if you will. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about your boy, Aaron, Corey Kiner. 
the the breakaway speed. Did you see how how fast he was running on that on that one long was, run? Though? I saw a tweet somewhere that said he was recorded at nineteen point nine. Nineteen point nine. Still not enough to get the touchdown. And if, and if he was at twenty one, it would have been a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> He's still the, moving compared to what I feel like I, I've seen him from him this year. Yeah, I, he was he was going. I think the second, second longest. longest. Yep. Yeah, good. Uh, second longest run of the season. Just also the I think fifth time he's been hawked, unfortunately. So, yeah, for lack of a better word. But Chad, do you think uh, Royer was asking about? Was that the Jordan Young that we kind of expected coming into the season is what we saw on Saturday? Because he was making plays all over the field. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's hard to it's, – it's hard to really count what happened in the spring. Right. Because <laughs> there was, were no receivers here. Leslie Ando was his biggest, biggest match. Yeah. So – um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's what we expected from him or what we were hoping from him and he delivered. So, you know, maybe the, maybe the, um, the bench, I don't want to call it a benching cause I don't think that's necessarily right, but, um, maybe that was a little wake up call. Or maybe it was, you know, practice throughout the week. It was like, look, man, you're going to have to be better. A little competition. And well, he woke up. Iron iron. Yeah. Just ask Ben Bryant. That iron was sharpened on Saturday. F.E. F- squared, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Royer. Which version? Which version are we using? <laughs> Both. <laughs> fill us in fill us in oh what's what shouts to Betty, ben congrats man yeah man that's awesome and we were talking all off season uh the guys just like how bad we wanted to see him go beat fickle just how how awesome it would be and i mean i wouldn't have thought they had a chance um no but but i mean ben wisconsin's Ben played amazing. Wisconsin's just kind of skidding right now. And I mean, even Ben, like getting a little foot in the ground, rushing touchdown. I mean, what more can you ask for from the guy? Uh, Just a solid day. And that's kind of like the Ben Bryant. That's the Ben Bryant you you like that should, that he has the ability to be every week. You know, now he's healthy, hoping he can close out these next two weeks um, with some more wins to put some more wins on his belt. You know, I and, and talk, sticking with the quarterback talk, I, you know, I'm, obviously Corey Kiner was the one who had the big game, but you got to look at, you know, the the play of both Emory Jones and also, you know, Brady Lichtenberg coming off the bench. I thought both of them had had some really good moments. I thought this was one of Emory's better games of the entire season. Obviously, it's, it's a win, so you can say that. But 13 of 16, 131 and a touchdown. He was active with his legs too. Did, didn't really have as many rushing yards because of all the sacks, but I, I thought he, you know, broke a couple of, of, of gainers and you know, they're going to still go with this two quarterback type, you know, get, get Brady some extra looks, this, that, and the other. But I thought that when, uh, when Emery was out there, he was, he was on his game. 
This is the first time I've seen a two two system quarterback. It's like the perfect time for it because seasons like you're you're not going you're not playing for a bowl game. Uh, Emory's gone next year, so these are all like good snaps that are quality that Brady's getting to get in there. And I've been impressed um, with how he stepped up and just kind of like has been like stoic, solid in there too. Um, You know, future's brighter than I thought it would be. Um, So I'm I'm proud of Brady, but you know, it's, it's, it's ideal because like Emery was having a a pretty bad year and there's kind of, it's all right, well, we might as well see what Lichtenberg can do at this point at this point and he's stepping up and getting some good reps because these reps will carry over really well. I mean, nothing beats game reps, dude. You could go all spring kind of like we were saying with Jordan young, the opposite, you can go all spring and come, come showtime. Like shit ain't the same. And now you, now I'm glad Jordan's on his getting it back to his old ways. Cause those reps will build up for him. But yeah, it's just like the ideal, the ideal shit show kind of is getting Brady um, getting Brady some good looks. Chad, you're I right mean, there. I Emory, Emory was good against UCF. Yeah. Ultimately, like when when everybody asks, like, why didn't we see Lickney in the second half against UCF? It was because Emory was good. Like there was, yeah, you know, he he took the challenge and stepped up and like, look, man, I know people aren't going to probably have like the fondest memories of the 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 Emory Jones year which I understand they they lost a lot the kid was tough mm-hmm. the kid did everything that's been asked of him he stood up in front of the media took the bullets when things weren't going well he continued to practice hard he continued to be a leader on the team like I will remember Emory Jones fondly I know a lot of people won't, and you know, we'll get called state news, uh, you know, in talking about it. But he's what you want in a quarterback, even if you know the. Ultimately, look, it does come down to wins and losses, and good games and bad games. And he didn't have enough good games, mm-hmm. but uh, I appreciate him. Uh, I I've appreciated him being around the team this year. Yeah. All right. Like you said, stand-up guy. I, obviously, some some tough games, especially during that losing streak. But hey, the losing streak ended. It, it, it's wins, man. And uh, you know, there was that. You know, you referenced the the uh, kind of heated meeting that they had on on Sunday. That uh, you know, obviously, Satterfield mentioned as well in the uh, presser and the weekly presser. And you know, I, I have to tell you, I there's the the whole organic, you know chemistry and the whole organic you know excitement and 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 raising up your your teammates and whatnot but i thought it looked very genuine on the sideline every single time that something good happened obviously everyone was there hyping each other up and you know you kind of saw after kiner's second rushing touchdowns he, he kind of went to the bench and, and they crossed his legs and and you saw you know first it sit coach sims came up and hyped him up then luke kander comes up hypes him up and then you, know, you saw Mason Fletcher have a really good punt. He comes to the sideline. There's, you know, Braden Smith hyping him up. There's, you know, Brady Lichtenberg hyping him up. It's, and then you have the post game celebration in the locker room. It's, those are all just positive momentum things that you can carry in to next season into the into the off season. And 
if you can figure out a way, because the Big 12 is drunk. It, it is a drunk conference when it comes to college football. And there is there is a world where Cincinnati goes to Morgantown, pulls out a, a win, and then hangs with Kansas and potentially could, could beat Kansas at home. Because it really seems like anyone could be anyone on any given night. I'm not going to say that's, that's what's going to happen, but – you know, the momentum seems very real from from everything that I can see. We'll see. <laughs> like, I'm well, not no, gonna, I just meant uh, like the, the excitement. I'm not going that far out over my skis quite yet. I didn't say they're going to win. I said that the, the conference is just drunk. Yeah, the conference is drunk. I mean, here you go. The circle of suck. Yeah. Have you seen this, Royer? Oh my God! Let me give a better. Basically, language. everybody at some point has beaten everybody. Yep. <laughs> All they needed was Cincinnati to get on the board to complete the. I mean, we were, we we played Oklahoma just as good as anyone, and then we were like, "Holy shit, Oklahoma beats Texas!" Like, right? Are we are we bad? And then, then all of a sudden, we just get stomped on. Then Oklahoma State beats them. Wait, and Kansas beat them. A transitive um, pr property to the Big Twelfth degree. <laughs> there we go. That is good. Yeah. Well, no. It, Oklahoma State was the hottest team in the country coming into this past weekend in the entire country, and got yeah, then they yeah bitch slapped, got annihilated at the bounce house by the fucking astronauts. <laughs> oh man! I, by it, Kazoo. Kazoo beat the hell out of. The sooner, or yeah, it, it didn't make any sense. Or the the Cowboys. Sorry, I was trying to figure out how many people would uh, would know the kazoo joke. Well, I know yeah. the kazoo. See that? And luckily, Aaron didn't take me up on my offer to bet his paycheck on Oklahoma State. That would have been. <laughs> Wait, oh, for the UCF game? That was the yeah, offer? I was like two and a half. Oklahoma State is going to beat the piss out of. UCF. Right. I'll bet your whole paycheck on it, Aaron. Well, the thought was Central Florida is one of the worst teams in the country. It's stopping the run. Yeah. Bet responsibly. And yeah. Bet re don't bet Aaron's paycheck. <laughs> He's got appliances to buy. I don't even know what the word responsibly means. Yeah, I know. I saw you last night. <laughs> well, you saw me yesterday. Last yesterday. night. Sorry. Last yeah, night I didn't was... see you last night. Tonight they we did say tonight on the broadcast the whole game. We weren't what? watching the broadcast. We were at the game. I'm just telling you. Oh, they we weren't the only one who were. thought it was a night game. Yeah. What were they saying? Oh, to packed house tonight. Yeah. At the third arena. Yep. Those kinds but, of things. Yeah, Chad. I wasn't get, getting out of my skis saying that they're they are going to win closing out, but it just it it just is a different feel than like the doomsday vibes that were kind of around the team. A couple of weeks ago, you know, following the the, the Baylor loss and and even after the UCF loss, um, it, it just it kind of seems like everyone's kind of singing a different tune. So, who knows? Carry that momentum in. You know, you got a lot of youngsters out there getting going. Barry Jackson, man, a, a, another gets a touch on the first drive and then doesn't doesn't get another touch the rest of the game. But I don't know. They won. They figured out a way. And uh, in the end, that's that's pretty much all that matters. He's uh, going to have played in four games with four to total touches on the season. 
Right. They're like, hey, Barry, amazing first year. We're going to shut you down. We need to move <laughs> that, uh, that red shirt. Because, I mean, shoot, he's going to be a focal point of the offense for years to come. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited. He's shown a lot. Um, real quick, offensive line has looked great, I think. Uh, Still some work to do on pass blocking. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Between yeah. now and the start of next season, the pass blocking has to improve. Yeah. But overall, the run blocking has been elite. They're, they're number yeah. five rush offense in the country. Elite. Yeah. And I I can't – and, you know, we were saying the same thing about pass blocking last year. But Yeah, you know, but they couldn't run block that. either. Yeah. Which is it's crazy. <laughs> I, I mean – the problem is we've kind of got like exposed by not being able to handle um, blitzing as well the past two years. So that just opens Pandora's box on teams, just trying everything and anything at you. But, you know, sometimes like run blocking, it, it's, it's not hard. Like people think run blocking, I mean, it is really hard. I'm sorry. People think run blocking can be just so simple. Oh, just go block the guy one way. But like, dude, D linemen like are so like, so big and strong and fast nowadays and linebackers too and they fill gaps and i just i think it's just crazy the amount of improvement they've made in the run like chad what you were just alluding to because that shit is hard it is hard to be consistently good in in a power five conference at running the ball especially when you you're down you're one dimensional yeah you're one dimensional yeah. like because i mean we've ran for over 200 yards now every single what Three weeks in almost every single week. I think it was a 190 yeah. something this week. Yeah. But it's just like other if I was a team, I'd be like, yeah, well, like just stop the damn run and we're gonna give these guys right the 20th loss in a row. But we uh keep finding a way. So shout out the boys up front. Yeah, I mean it, like to kind of add on to what, what you're saying as well, Chad, is is yeah, like John Williams has been pretty pretty doggone good at uh Especially run blocking, but I rewatched the, the you know bits and pieces of the oh, game. He got and, beat bad twice. Yeah, one of the like one of the sacks was he's just standing there, and the guy that was right over him was you know sacking. He, he got Corey. It was Corey. Corey was the only one back there. And I, well, I, actually, I mean, I believe the guy made a move, and I don't think John saw him because he just went like like it didn't happen. Like the guy just went invisible mode on him. Went right past his face to the quarterback, and he was like, "Shit, <laughs> that was bad." <laughs> like, it's insane. It's insane. But yeah, there's there's been two games where they didn't top 200 plus rushing yards. That was Iowa State and Oklahoma, and uh, they are fifth in the country. But they're they're point six away from being fourth in the country. LSU's fourth in the country, who just had 329 rushing yards on Saturday. So I LSU's offensive coordinator sucked. That's what I somebody had told me for. I years. heard that, that too. Awful. He was horrible. Just runs it up the middle every time. Yeah, they run the this like offense. They run this With gimmicky like, like you know rollout RPO that they run this gimmicky thing where their quarterback has 75 plays of 20 yards or more. Right. Right. All gimmicks, man. Jeez. Yeah, they, they even spell his name wrong sometimes. On purpose. With an M. 
Yeah, yeah with like with an M instead of an N. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I remember a picture where he had laser eyes. Crazy. He did. That was nuts. They're like, why is he he down here in the bayou? What's going on? And little did we know. Yeah, he's terrible. Thank God. Thank God we got him out of town. Yeah, now he only had now he's three of the top, I think he only had three of the top five offenses in program history when he was yeah, right. I, I, we did have a coach, yeah, Mike Denbrock. He was a good guy. That's yeah, a good guy. Would have yeah, been better if we would have let Ryan run. Yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, he already admitted he probably should have used Royer at fullback. Let Royer cook. Let Royer. Royer. Cook. Why couldn't? Why didn't you take the Jason Kelsey route and become a center? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, you know, it's something that you're not going to believe. Brady Collins good. was was literally he came up to me one day. He's like, let's make you 280. I laughed. He's like, no, I'm serious. Like, let's make you 280 and put you at nose guard. And I, I was like, I was like, dude, there's I, I was like going into my fifth year. I was like, I'm not doing that shit. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, are you sure? Like, because we will do it. And like, listen here, listen here Roy, I got, I got this crazy idea. Out, he's like, he's like, you might get some snaps. I was like, I, I still was like, like, are you fucking me? He's like, no. I'm like, I'm not, coach. I'm sorry. Like, I'm gonna think about play, this all morning. I'll just play kickoff return <laughs> and be 220. Um, I should have. I, I thought I just so had two monsters in a pouch, and I got a great idea. Yeah, literally. That's literally what happens. He gets his fucking bangs in him, and he's like, what do we got, boys? Oh, we got to get Royer beefed up. Got to get Royer beefed up, get him a nose guard. Um, he, uh, I thought about going up to Denbrock, and I was like, like, hey, I'll just put me at, put me at like a, a motion across guy and just or let me go up through a hole and just let me like cut the fuck out of a linebacker with my head down, completely spear someone in the thigh and maybe break my neck. But I, I always was like, I, mean, I always felt, I felt like I was going to first. It's cause free, like Freeman and Freeman. I was like, I, I couldn't betray Freeman. Cause if I would have tried to play offense or something, he would have like fucking never let me hear the end of it. So I was like, I'll just stick it out. And by the time it was my fifth year, I was like, fuck, I'm not, I don't. I'm just gonna ride off into the sunset as the as the spring ball MVP and call it a career. Well, yeah, because because you're starting to think about okay, well, my post career is one one year away. I'm not gonna beef up to 280, and then all of a sudden I gotta worry about cutting this <laughs> weight again. What the hell is this? The stomach's all big, and food goes down even easier than before. You're like, holy fuck, I'll be yeah. 300. <laughs> you find new tasty things. You're like. I can't kick this habit. I love the taste of this. But uh, just, yeah. just crush some loco mocos every night and you'd be there. <laughs> there we go. That sounds good go. as hell, Chad. I, I'm going to need to dip into that. Just look up loco moco on the internet recipe and it'll show you exactly. It's so easy. I White rice, the, hamburger, uh, patty, brown gravy, fried eggs. I want it from a rush, the restaurant that you like. It's a food truck. It's Sage Tolentino oh. that plays for the basketball team. It's his family's food truck. Oh shit! I don't know why. Did they? Did they come? Or is, is his family? They used from to be there? on the grid. They. I don't know if they still are or not, but they were on the grid every or the last couple of years, uh, like during pregame. We saw them that one game this year, Chad. But I don't know. Yeah. 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 One more chance to get yourself a little, 
little loco moco, man. Hit him up, Roy. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a big win back. First win of the Big Twelve era. Now it's a road trip to West Virginia. Look, the good news like, now, the pressure's off. Right. Like, that's right. the good news. Yeah. And that's good news. Um, but, yeah, road trip to West Virginia. West Virginia's, yeah, they're, they're whatever. They're better than expected, but, uh, you know, they're still a team that pretty rough passing offense. They are eighth in the country in rushing offense, which feeds into true nose tackle in uh, Dante Corleo, who had a – couple of great plays, including a sack on Saturday. And then they're 108th in pass D and 62nd in rush D. So pretty similar to the recent teams that Cincinnati has played. Um, another trip to Morgantown. Last chance to head to the Holy Grail for the BCJ watch party. So 2.30. 2.30. And I'm not going to bet you another G on if it's 3.30 or 2.30. Yeah, I mean, you owe me $1,000. Hey, we're getting there. <laughs> if, if if Newman would have hit that front end of the one front end of the two free throws, you'd be sitting on top of a G, man. But uh yeah, so we'll see. Another uh another chance for big Big 12 win number 2. So, uh let's go ahead and time stamp this though and we'll we'll roll into a little bit of round ball. <laughs> Thrifty said the bad news is we don't have any AAC games left. That is true. Very true. You you can't well, hear you. You're not muted, but you are like Did you knock not your even here. Out? I think you I think your hands knocked your microphone out of whack. You got all you got all excited. And nobody, he nobody he had some like about. he he was fired up with that. He comment. was he was throwing his hands around, waving them around in the air like he just didn't care. Still still can't hear you. Nope. What is going on? I don't know. How about now? Yeah, oh yeah, you you're are. back. Okay. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. It's gone. Oh. What were you saying? I don't remember. It's gone. I was whatever. Damn it! I needed to hear it. I was ex- that was the most excitement I've seen out of you today. <laughs> gone forever. Oh. oh, I mean, it was just like you know, it's an old Big East game. You see West Virginia. It's a you know, those are old Big East games. So it's it's not unfamiliar, even though it hasn't happened for over a decade. But you know, it's not know. like playing West Virginia's new. There's been plenty of West Virginia games. The uh, the the series record for this game is, for this matchup is pretty wild. Only three wins, sixteen losses. It's just like yeah, I mean they played West Virginia a lot when they were really bad because it's right there. Yeah, in like the forties yeah. and like that. So yeah, time stamp this, y'all. All right, that is your quick paper supply time stamp. Your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins. They've been open for since 2009. They're one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call Nick 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. Pocket Red Bulls for everybody. I like it, man. I, you know what? The funny thing is, I did have a couple during the game on 
on Saturday. Made made sure we were up and then added those to the rotation. So it's a good night. Real good night. But uh without Did that further, came out of the thousand dollars that you owe me? Uh no, that was out of the other thousand that I won on the Bearcats minus whatever. No. <laughs> so plus. the Bearcats well, plus whatever. <laughs> plus whatever. Rolling into a little bit of round ball. How about this? 69 to 58. 93 to 61, 85 to 73. That's right. Not one, not two, but three wins opening week for the basketball team. That's right. A 3 0 start to the year. Now we get a week off. And then NKU, a little little revenge game, if you will. Take it on the Norse on uh on Sunday, 2 p.m. So I tell you what, great start for West Miller and the squad. Obviously, there is we mentioned it before the, the the elephant in the room, if you will, that is has been brought up and, and definitely broken the alien down in the room. The alien in the room. Yeah, yeah. The the yeah, two well, yeah, two 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 big ones. Um, but yeah. Uh, and first off, I want to I want to touch on that a little bit later. First, want to touch on the play and, and and Ryan actually has a little riffing with Royer that I'm excited to 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 get from the opening week of basketball, but. Uh, I tell you what, that little nine-minute talk by Wes was amazing. Um, truly was amazing. If, if you haven't heard it, Keegan posted it. Um, it's also on on the press conference. And I tell you what, he was pouring his heart out, and everyone needs to go and listen to it about Aziz and, and Jamil as well. So um, that's that. But we are here to talk about the three wins first. And foremost, uh, most recent coming against Eastern Washington on Sunday. And that was Victor Lockins' career high in points. We called him uh, Steph Victor Curry Lockin on his second three. His first three, Chad, I, I don't know if you like saw it live or Aaron, you, you probably saw it, Roy. You probably saw I was it. there. I did see it live, yeah. I, I didn't know if you were looking down or looking up or whatever. It, it was the weirdest looking Eating shot I've seen. It was, it was weird. No, that was, that was Friday. Friday was the nachos. It was a weird looking shot on. Uh, oh, he even said post game. It didn't. He didn't think he was going to make that one. It felt that didn't feel good coming out. Right, and then the second one immediately he put his he put both hands up, you know, with the threes like immediately called it called it in, and he was right. So, uh, shouts to Victor Lockin. It was it was more him getting back down to the post and, and dominating the post game more more so than anything else. But uh, I guess. One week down before we passed it down to, to riffing with Royer, I guess just overall thought on the uh, on the basketball team now one weekend. Chad will balance. balance. Mm -hmm. You know that was that was kind of what we thought would have to be the case coming in because I just didn't see anyone that was just a consistent 15, 17, 18 point a game scorer. But I saw a bunch of. 12, 13, 14 point a game, guys. And guess what? That's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing three, four guys, right, in that 10 to 14 point range. Obviously, you know, Vic busted up to 26. You're going to see games where CMOS is in the 20s. You're going to see games where CJ is in the 20s. I'm feeling a little more confident now. You're going to see a game or two where Day Day uh, is up in the 20s. Um, but when you don't have that, like, you know, we were pretty sure 
if Cincinnati was going to be good last year, Landers and and Dave were both going to have to have 15 to 17 points. Like, like, and there just wasn't a whole lot behind them unless Jeremiah had one of his like, like hot shooting days or, you know, Vic had some games where he was up there, but this is a team. It feels like there's five, six guys that, that can all consistently be double digit type guys. And when you do that, you're consistently going to be in the seventies and you know, that's uh that's kind of going to be, I think the key for this team's success. The other thing is I know a lot is being made about the rim protection and don't get me wrong. I absolutely agree. They've got to be better at protecting the rim, but so far this has been an elite perimeter defense. They are doing an outstanding job staying with shooters, contesting jump shots, Running guys off the three-point line, like if you're if you're going to be bad at one, you better be good at the other. And so far, that's what we've seen. Agreed, Aaron. Thanks, appreciate that, Mister Aaron. I just enjoyed the fact that anyone on this team can dunk at any given moment. <laughs> um, I've been happy with how fast the offense moves. Uh, it's there, there's no iso ball. There's no, it doesn't feel very. It's it, they're just always moving. The ball's always moving. The players are always moving. It doesn't seem like the ball just kind of stops and dies for ten seconds at a time, like we've grown accustomed to over the last couple of years. Um, and granted, we haven't played anybody that has been a super tough team at this point. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this team getting, getting tested when they play a Xavier, when they play a Dayton, and then finally get into that Big 12 play. Because I, from what I've seen right now, I, I like to think that they're going to be able to hang with anybody on their team or anybody on their schedule right now. Non-con should not be – there should be nothing to – like where we're blown out and wondering what the hell just happened. Um, but I'm feeling better and better as the games progress and we see the game over game improvement from Day Day, from Jizzle, from um, just different guys stepping up, whether it be uh, CJ hitting some threes or when he has an off night, Vic steps up and has 26 points. Uh, you know, I mean, so and vice versa when Vic was off the first couple of games. So I, I think that there's. Uh, certainly, uh, I think Chad used the word balance, and I think that's totally fair. One of the things about balance that I think people don't talk about, Aaron, is number of shots. This team doesn't have anybody, it feels like, they need to take 12 shots a game, 10, 12 shots a game. Like That's a good thing. I, it, it, right. It feels like so far, like the guy that has the matchup or the guy that has the hot hand is going to ride that to a larger number of shots. Uh, but ultimately, like, it's not it's not in the, you know, if we did three keys for basketball last year, the keys often were going to be get Dave and Landers 15 shots each. Yeah. Because that was your best chance to win. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like, at least to this point, like they're, they're in a situation where you're going to have to force feed somebody a certain number of shots for you to be in the game with a, with a shot to win. 
How much of that is building confidence in the other players on the court, though, whether you're talking a, a Day-Day or a Jizzle or a Dan or even an Odie in his limited shots or a John Newman in the way that he's been on of late or allowing well, yeah, a guy. You don't feel, you don't feel right. the stress of like having to, like, I have to take this shot. Or allowing a guy like Vic who gets so frustrated to have two off games and then come back and have a monster game or a guy like right. CJ to have two good games behind the arc and then have an, an off game and then be able to come back out because he's already built up that confidence in the first two games. Like, I think that that's where you're going to see yeah. just so much of the load taken off of other guys because everybody else has been able to stack nights. And here's the other part of that. That's good for this team. Aaron is as the tape gets out, the defense isn't just going to be able to say, can't, can't take away anybody, this, yeah. mm-hmm. take away this, and you shut them down. Mm-hmm. I mean, for two years, it was stop Dave, and there was a real good chance you were going to beat Cincinnati, even, yep. even with Landers. Like, if you took Julius away, there was a pretty damn good chance they weren't going to have enough firepower to win the game. So it's an it's a excellent point, Aaron. Great job. Hedge hard on that on that high ball screen when, when David and Julius has the ball. Right. Hedge hard, push hard. him back. Push him like, back. Don't give him, don't let him get into his step back. Yeah. Don't let him get into his dribble package. Pretty easy. Um, and, and you can beat Cincinnati. I, I don't think you're gonna have that yet. And I look, I still think CMOS is the best offensive player on this team, and we haven't even seen him get close to on track yet. Right. Right. Well, and and also what that does for you as well is you can actually game plan to attack the advantage that you have you know it, it's right when you have numerous at, at times it's all five yesterday is perfect the they, yeah. like like eastern washington said we're keeping cj frederick from getting hot okay right. well then cj will just move the ball yeah and that way the ball doesn't stick and he's not trying to force something that isn't there um yeah. you know right. if if, if, you the substitute, if you substitute cj for landers mm-hmm. landers was gonna stop the ball yeah, and pump fake, and try to get into his his game, and that stops the offense. And what happens when the offense stops? The defense resets, right? And the defense can get into a position where they're they're better suited. <laughs> excuse me to defend you. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it, it's it's basketball one hundred and one mm-hmm. when you see it happening in front of you it's a lot easier to describe and yeah explain yeah well and, and also you know you saw they were they were focusing so hard on getting cj out of it to the point where it did seem like vic had a ton of one-on-one looks in the post you know they they weren't helping yeah. down at all off the perimeter well they had a big guy so they were just playing him straight up so yeah. that they could and guess what brent that's what happens when you make 13 threes and a half. Exactly. The game yeah. before. Yeah, like, as the okay. other team says, skip. All four of the guys out there around around that big man can all shoot from deep. So don't don't seg off too far or else you might get caught. Uh yeah, I agree. I another thing gotta add on to, to what you guys are saying, and it kind of goes with the whole gist of what you both are saying as well. It's just you know the the beginning of the career of of Day Day Thomas and Jizzle James has been awesome to see. Um, both have shown flashes to where you can say, okay, this guy's going to have a have, have a great career at UC. Whether it's you know, obviously only a couple of years for Day Day, but 
Jizzle. He's he's rounding into form early. Um, you know, so just showing those those glimpses of what could be to come down the line. And then I you know another thing is is John Newman, man. A, a lot went into this it's whole really offseason. Yeah, the, the this whole offseason about you know because the amount of injuries that John has had, it, it, and knock on wood, it's it's hard to to truly rely on saying Newman's going to be fully ready to go for a full college basketball season because it's it's a grueling thing. And John has shown me some hops that I have been like feeling like Justin Berg on the sideline. Man, I get get a little bit too too hyped up. He's had three flushes in all of the games that have all been just spectacular. And, and then, of so course, three flushes total, one in each game. Let's not three, not give him too much. Three credit. flushes, one in each game. Jesus, semantic Aaron. But anyway. Well, you were uh, giving him nine. Three, period, one in each game, period. There you go. There you go. Uh, yes, they were great, all of them. Um, and then – Day Day is going to have a poster at some point in the season, but uh, let's hope he gets that poster quick so that he can start to start to not go for the poster each time. Actually, screw it. Go for the poster each time. Yes. Some, no, not each time. There, there's I'm been joking. a couple of those. Come on. Yes. Like, you're trying to go from the circle on a guy six inches taller than him that's just right. standing at the rim waiting for him like – a little better than Kalu taking off from the free throw line at UCF last year, but <laughs> yeah. that's a different story. Um, Royer, let's let's get your thought three games in, and then let's riff with you, man. Let's riff with you. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm going with like just cohesively solid. It's kind of similar to that balance thing with Chad, but how Chad was talking about everyone just seems to be kind of doing their role. Um, I think some guys have stepped up too. Uh, like skillings, obviously. I know we were all ex- excited about him from just, but from straight production comparatively to last year, um, having him step up and play well um, is really helping fill those voids of the two ineligible players we have. Um, it just feels like the team, they're just, they're just playing well together. Guys are stepping up when others aren't. Um, they're making, they're, they're shooting the three well. Um, and I think, all the transfers they've they've had come in and the guys they have another year of development everyone just feels solid um everyone seems to be playing their game well and doing it all together yeah i agree it looks Locked good so in. far thrifty walrus yeah. is a good question you know or a good statement don't need someone that needs 15 shots but need someone to be the go-to guy when we need a bucket in a drought um, they they I need agree. a slump buster. Like I, I I don't disagree. Here's the thing, they haven't had a drought yet. They haven't been in a situation really where we're gonna find out who that is. Again, I think it is going to be Seamus. Like I think that is the guy that ultimately is gonna be the one in those situations. But so far, guess what's developing? Day Day's getting a little more confidence. And and you know, I don't know that Jizzle yet is going to be the guy that's on the floor in those situations, but w- would you feel bad about him with the ball in his hands? No. So it, we're not – We they've been fortunate through three games, and it's coming eventually. Uh, but it's hard to speak about because they just – there hasn't been really an extended drought where the other team goes on a 
12 to two run. Um, I think Eastern Washington had one little mini run. Yeah. Uh, in that second half that I think they got it back down to what five. Believe me, when Cincinnati stretched it all the way out, it was a missed three by the Bearcats, and that's when uh, Eastern Washington went on a nice little run themselves. They did bring it back within six, I believe. Six, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You obviously would know the details. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Far, far well, and, and Wes even said it in the postgame presser. He said there were a couple of moments where we had the chance to really bust it out to a 20-plus point win. But they, you know, they just didn't fall, and then all of a sudden came back the other way. And you know what I want to add as well? I, I mean, UIC doesn't look terrible. Um, I, no. uh, I mean, they've it, got a, they've got a guy that's at minimum going to be on a two-way deal. Like he's gonna, he's gonna clock some minutes in the NBA. Oh, he's 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 good. Toby O'Connor. Yeah, I, yeah, he was a, uh, it was an easy. Uh, yeah, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, they beat Arkansas Little Rock, who is whatever, but they. They beat them by 15 pretty soundly. They're going to be a squad that in the Missouri Valley that could be better than they were last year. Um, so yeah. an early, early push there. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think this this team is is really rounding form. And, and Chad, I could even see Vic being that guy, kind of like like what? It, no, no, like no. I, no, like I, a, a if if he's not the first two games, but if he's on like he was, and on Sunday. Just getting it to him in the post and having him get good position, turn at that little hook is, is starting to become pretty pretty automatic from what yeah, but he showed guards, on, on Sunday. Guard guards stop runs. Well, yeah, yeah. The guy with the ball in their hand. Like Vic, yeah, like I, I love the idea of that. Yeah. But Vic doesn't have the ball in his hands. Like to right. like so when it comes to final three minutes, yeah. right. You've got to have a guard or a wing. Now that guard or wing mm-hmm. can make Vic super effective because the defense has to collapse, has to adjust, has to whatever. Right. But uh, I don't, unless it's fucking Kareem, <laughs> like right. where you just throw it up where nobody else can get it. He catches it in sky hooks and nobody hook. has a chance. Like right. I, I just, when I'm, when we're talking about end of clock. Yeah late game, like those situations, it's got to be a guard or a wing. Like, like if you're going into March, like the teams, let's, let's look at uh, a certain team that's playing a team from across town right now. Mm-hmm. They fizzled out because Edney was like, they had, they had to play through him and a team took him away. Every time they threw it to him, they swiped at the ball. They, they, you know, they knocked it away from him. They, they made a play. And he became com- almost completely ineffective. And fairly Dickinson against Zach Eady is what you're bringing up. Eady, the, yeah. it, I love it. There we go. So that's why I just I think, like it, it's got to be one of the guards, right? Day day man, let it be day day. He's been hyping me up. I didn't say that fake John Goble. I was saying more like Kyle Washington, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, but even Kyle, you couldn't play through. No, I, I'm not – like, I'm saying, okay, no. if if we're in a slump and, like, our guards aren't able to get any any penetration, let's try one post-touch and see if he can't get get little, you know. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just talking – in those high-leverage situations, man, it, does, it yeah. does need to be a guard. Right. I agree with that, too. All right, Royer, let's riff. What do you guys think is going to stay on pace or at least be more – reliable 
the three-pointer or the rebounding trend we've been having? I think this is a good shooting team. I think it like I don't think it's a great shooting team where they're going to be flirting with 40% all year, but there are enough guys, and especially if if Day Day and Jizzle can add to that like they have, and John Newman can be he's not going to shoot 65% all year, but if John Newman can be a 35, 40% guy, um I think this is especially with CJ and CMOS is like your two top of the roster shooters. I think this can be a really good shooting team all year. Um, without the big guys, you're you're counting on guys like Dan and and Josh Reed and uh, uh, guards and wings to be really good rebounders in the Big Twelve. I think they can be solid. I don't like until I see it against Big 12 teams, I don't know that I look at this team and say that's going to be a, you know, a plus-plus rebounding team in the league as much as I look at it and say I do have some confidence they're going to be able to shoot the three pretty consistently. I think when you talk about the three, you're also talking about the fact that it's not just one guy shooting the lights out. Yeah. It's a collection of, what, about five to six, seven guys at this point Yeah, um, that are that are really – shooting the ball well they're they're seeing the ball now granted you're playing at home so you have a little bit of an advantage of knowing where the dead spots in the court sure. are and everything else um just comfortability factor as well but uh, yeah i think that that's going to be far more sustainable than a team that may struggle at times rebounding the ball but yeah, both I mean, the centers on the outside looking at shooting is uh the most translatable thing throughout the year if you're able to, you know, consistently get people open and then, you know, just knock down the shots. I, I think C.J. Frederick is, is a guy, I, obviously Wes said he's going to spend this week trying to figure out how to get C.J. more open looks. I, I mean, he's 7-12 to 12 to start the year out from deep. Uh, John Newman, 5-8 of eight from deep early on. So I, it's, it's more translatable than, you know, I mean, they're the – seventh best defensive rebounding team in the country right now. It's only three games one weekend, but that's, that's going to be harder to keep that up when, you know, the competition, especially big 12 amps up, it's going to be a lot more difficult to, to sustain the rebounding numbers against the, uh, uh some pretty doggone good big 12 teams. If you've been watching early now, basketball, I will also say though, Brent, if you continue to do a great job making teams shoot, Poorly from three. 20, 25%. Yeah, they've they've been on, on you, top of that. Then you will have a chance to put up a lot of good rebounding numbers. Uh, yeah. you know, the flip side, the, the downside to that. You're also giving up a lot of layups where they're, you know what, you know what doesn't tend to happen on layups? Yeah, rebounds. A rebound. <laughs> rebounds don't happen on layups. So yeah. Guys, that was another weird thing. I like the the uh, layup syndrome in the first half against Eastern Washington. It's just, not going up strong. It yeah. wasn't a weird thing. Watch them. They were going up off one foot, one hand. Right. Kind there of weird. No strength. There was no strength. There was no gather. It was just like. Right. Eh, right. Eh, eh. Like it was off balance. It wasn't right. comfortable. Nothing looked like a high level basketball finish. Right. Like you know right. what a high level basketball finish looks like. And. There are a bunch of guys just kind of getting it off the, the backboard. Trying to play weird angles and just Yeah, you ain't got yeah. Eric Hicks and Jason Maxiel ain't walking through that door 
You don't get to just throw it off the backboard and pound on somebody to go get it. Yeah, exactly. All right, Royer, let's riff. Does Dan Skillings have the opportunity to be our best guard? Or the ability, I should say. Not an opportunity. Go ahead, Brent. Uh, I think he has the ability. I think he might be one year away. Uh, and I think Dan is like, he's got all the intangibles that you want, you know, it just athleticism ability. I, you know, he's actually been getting some minutes at the four this year, just based off of what the rotations are showing. Um, and, and, you know, playing a lot of the three too, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he does a lot of the things you need. I think sometimes the the shot selection is a little off. He was he had a couple of turnover issues against against Detroit, but that's all stuff that you just want to work through in, in the early ongoing because he's a, a great great rebounder for his uh, for his position and size. He's a guy that that is is slowly improving defensively as well. Um, so yeah, I think he has the has the ability to. Uh, I think it it's just just continue to get better each game for Dan because obviously he's going to be a, a, a big part of this team as the season progresses. I don't think he's played any four. Yeah. I think he's I think he's checked in for Odie. And Palm's got him at the four. I well that I think he's checked in like he's checked in for Odie, which slides Newman or Seamoss down yeah. to the four and Dan into their spot on the wing. Yeah. I, I have not seen him and Palm, yeah. I'll check tomorrow and I'll ask around. Yeah. I have not seen him guard a four or or right. run the what the four is supposed to do uh-huh. offensively, but I, I could have missed like a, you know, I'm not that dialed in specifically into right. the rotations yet. But you also have to account like some of that is okay, Dan checked in for Odie, so Dan's playing the four. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Or right. Dan checked in, Vic went out, or whatever. Like right. that's not. What's what exactly seems like? How it works. Seems like Dan's the the first sub off the bench, or at least he was the past two yeah. games. Yeah. So, and then for for what it's worth, it's when they go small, they bring Dan in, they take Odie out. Kind of what they did last year with with JD, the second JD came in for Odie. Right. Yeah. Similar to that. Yeah. I'm gonna go well, a different direction. Odie was the four. Or Dan yeah. was uh, uh, JD was JD, the four, right. so I think it's that that like the simple math that if this is the guy you replace, that's the position you play. Right. But I don't think that's been the case yet. Yeah, I'm gonna go different. I, I'll get answers. I don't. I don't think that he is yet quite the guy that is ready to be the best guard on this team. I think that there's guys on this roster that are just simply better. And I don't think that there's any maturation over the course of this season that's going to take him to where he elevates above some of these guys at certain things. That said, I think he's certainly the highest energy guy outside of maybe Day-Day on this team. Um, But I I don't know that right now I would trust Dan more than I would trust Day-Day, more than I would trust – at times, C.J. Frederick or John Newman just kind of depends on what you're talking about. Now, if you're talking about all around, 
Um, I think I'd still put John, especially if John continues to play at the level that he's playing at, barring injury. Um, I don't know. I just don't have Dan quite above some of these other guys on the roster. I, I disagree to a point, Aaron, because I think as he, like, again, this is a guy that just hasn't, doesn't have a lot of minutes under his belt. Right. I think his so, ceiling is higher. Right. But I'm, what I'm saying is I think there can be a, a significant in-season growth to this game that a lot of guys don't have because a lot of guys have all of that that experience. So the improvement is generally what happens in the offseason. Right. Dan just doesn't have a lot of game experience. So I, I'm not saying he's going to instantly, like, somewhere in the, this season, he's going to go from, you know, uh, a really good player to an all-conference player. But I do think he's got just a, a little bit more room for growth in season than a normal guy. That's fair. Is the, like, you know, that's the only, like, kickback I would have on that is generally you're right. We've talked about it for however many years on these podcasts. Like, in season, guys – Guys are going to get hot and cold, but guys are generally what they are once the season starts. The work right. is done. We saw Vic do some of that a little bit. We, we, little, saw, yeah. we saw Vic do some of that, though, over the course of the last couple of years. So I will say it's not impossible. Even here at Cincinnati, we've seen yeah. some of that. Uh, I just don't My know that being, he's going to get – I'm just not sure he's going to get the run necessary to go from – Oh, he's going to get the run. He's 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 getting the run. He's, he's, he's averaging the, the most shots on the team per game. Well, that's first three, know, but what did we talk about coming in two weeks ago? Coming into the season, Dan is going to be a guy right now that forces some stuff because he still yeah. don't doesn't know what's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Like he just hasn't been like outside of one year in high school. Yeah, he, in, in one year in AAU, he's never been the guy where it's like go do it. So he's trying to go do it, mm-hmm. but he's not. <laughs> During non-con, he should be. Right. He's not fundamentally sound on some of the things, like two hands, two feet. Like, he was much better. Aaron and I talked about this yesterday. He probably played better in the first half yesterday than he did the second. But in the first half, what was hurting him is he was just wildly one-handing the ball at the rip. Yeah. Like, he was getting off two feet, and his, his lower body was set but his upper body was taking contact and you never knew where the hell the ball was going to go. If you watched him in the second half, he had that second hand on the ball and he was a little bit more reliable um, in at least trying to predict where the thing was going to come off the damn rim. Um, (laughs) But these are the things that he is going to have to continue. The thing about Dan that I do love Aaron, that I, this is why I think, he has the ability for that in-season growth. Is he a guy that he's a guy that loves to be coached? Like I've I've seen him get screamed at and not roll his eyes and drop his shoulders and get mad and you know whatever. Yeah. He just is like, all right, yeah, I got all right, cool, gotcha. And then he goes out and he tries to get better at whatever that they're trying to teach him. So as more of this stuff gets put on tape and and they're able to say, all right, look, man, like the 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 growth Aaron is gonna come on film in between games for him. Because now he's gonna make mistakes that they're gonna be able to go back and say, look, here's where if you would have just jump stopped, gathered yourself, 
and gone up strong, you get that basket. Yeah. So I, I, do I think he's going to get there this year as far as the best guy? Probably not. But I do think there is a chance for substantial growth to where by the end of the season, we're going, man, remember that, remember that Eastern Washington game where he was just flinging shit at the rim? First half of like, the of the UIC game. I mean, of yeah, the Detroit game. Yeah. yeah, where he was just. Blah. I'd love it if I'd love it if by the end of the season we're actually having the argument though, where there's points to be made that he is the best guard. I, I just don't know that we're inarguably, indefensibly indif- going to have that argument where. Yeah. There is nobody I, better. Not, on- I don't disagree with that. I just the only thing I disagreed with was the in season growth part because I just think he's a guy that is in position for that more than most guys are because Mm -hmm. most guys generally it's the work done in the off season um, that gets you there. And Dan did a ton of work in the off season, but for him, I think it's, you need to go out and make the mistakes yeah, because he's never made the mistakes before because he hasn't played enough yet. Only like I, I agree largely with what you're saying. It was just that one thing that I do think, like yeah. that's a little bit different. The equation is different from Dan because it's not a kid that played organized basketball his whole life. He was just, could you imagine just being at a playground like, you know, eighth, ninth grade with Dan Skillings who has no clue what he's doing. It's never been coached, but he's just like this long, long and this tall and down. Like, who, who the fuck is this guy? It's like, go, <laughs> go play for the team. Why are you out here? Is he on the basketball team? No, no, it's not. But, but also Chad, kind of, kind of like what you're saying. He's he's got kind of got the alpha, uh, you know, confidence to him. Where it's like, sure, you know, he oh, he, he's he has. If you're looking for the irrational confidence gene, right? Oh, and yeah. Skillings has it, which which is what you want. Like, yeah, someone who can take that that learning tool sure. and then not like kind of feel discouraged, and then kind of sure. go into sophomore slump. You want him to take those and be like, all right, well, I'm still. Athletic, I'm still able to get yeah, to the I'm rim. Still, I'm going to continue I'm getting, getting to the rim. Yeah. So, yeah, he's I'm, not going to solve. That's not who Dan is. No, not at all. Not at all. Arrow's Look, pointing out. You guys know me. There's nothing I love more than irrational confidence. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've had it my whole life. Yes. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't go away. Bring Warriors in the tens. It. Bring in the tens. We want them. We want the tens. Warriors got it. Warriors got irrational confidence. You think? A, this fucking clown is an engineer at General Electric. <laughs> he's got. Yeah, oh yeah, he's I forget that. All right, you got another one for us, Griffin? Those are the the two good ones. I mean, I I could just rattle. You got off bad ones. ones. We'll but... answer those too. <laughs> uh, I mean, the last. I was just kind of reaching for straws sometimes because that's when those are the two I thought had the the best dialogue. Um, ability, but I don't know if you guys if you guys want more. Yeah. Okay, how about this? Give, Over, us, give us one more. How many? More. Okay. How many wins? How many more wins will we have at the end of the year if both of the ineligible guys get to play? Starting in conference, because let's just say we get them both back. To start a conference play for some reason. You're a betting I mean, guy, Brent. 
Are they Where three wins, four under. wins, five wins, impact? Uh, what is it like out of how many games would that be? Like 18? Well, what does Ken Palm have? Uh, what, is, eight, what does Ken Palm 18, have us at? There's 18 conference games. Ken Palm's predicting 19 and 12 regular season, 7 11 in conference. Um, I mean, there's <laughs> the Big 12 is a freaking beast, man. Mm-hmm. But I mean, UCF is whatever. Uh, West Virginia doesn't look very good. Oklahoma State doesn't look very good. Um, I I think if you get a Z's and BYU is better than expected. Oh, BYU is a lot better than expected for sure. Um, but if you get get both of them back, you know these some of these predicted losses to those teams that are kind of in the bottom half, I think instantly go to wins. Um, I think you see a couple of tough, you know, home games turn into wins, like a Kansas State, you know, like a. They, they've had it rough. Like they, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries right now. Yeah. I think there's a chance, though, that the, the Kansas State you're seeing right now is, is a completely different team than right. you're going to play in January and February. So would you say, what, three and a half, four and a half on top of where you're at Two. right now to set the over under? Set the over under at two and a half. I'll take over two and a half. And if I set it at three and a half, man, that's a, um, if that's where it's hard, then that's where it should be set. Yeah, probably. Silly. I think I. So Brendan's overly optimistic, which means it needs to be set at one and a half. <laughs> well, sure, that's fair. I mean, I just think you you saw one of the biggest bugaboos in the in the early handful of games is is the ability for for teams to have success at the rim offensively, and yeah, and and of course some of that you have to add. Some of that is that they are they are overly aggressive running teams off the line, and there yeah. are going to be some opportunities at the rim when right. you are making sure teams aren't going you know 11 for 24 from three correct yes and they are thin in the front court and that that has to be an innate thing factored in yeah where that's i think maybe the biggest impact is you just you can be a lot more aggressive in everything you do yeah if you have two or three centers instead of one yes absolutely like look I I, i i think Odie can play some center yeah. And 12 minutes a night, 13 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have ODB in your 25 minute a night center no. in the best basketball conference in America. And that's no right. knock on Odie. He's just not a 25, 30 minute a night center. Yeah. Right. I mean, God forbid Vic goes for two blocks in the opening like three minutes and gets called for a foul on both. Then. Right. Are you going to tell Odie to play 17 first half minutes? Uh, it's just, right. you know. Are you playing CMOS at the five? <laughs> Sage, go out there, man. Throw your body and around. You, you'll have to at that point. Yeah. Uh, it's a – yes. So um, that would affect a lot of games. Because there is going to be those games where you're kind of – you need to do something because whether it be a, a, a little, you know, rolled ankle or something – that takes one of them out for a little bit. So, yeah, I think two and a half over two and a half. Even if it's not an extended period of time, it could be a, a half or a game. Right, like, exactly. 
Exactly. Vic Odie rolls an ankle and it's not bad, but like there's you're not gonna put him out there for the rest of the game. Then what do you do from there? And Vic's dog tired and it's like, right. Yeah, I agree. You're not gonna play him 40 minutes. That's not that's not Vic. He's not right. a 40 minute it, you know, pro center. Yeah. And and also when when CMOS kind of breaks down the defense a little bit and kind of gets gets into the lane where he does his little, you know, hesitation and whatnot. His if, little if European got, thing. Yeah, right. If you've got a, a big who can finish oops easily, right. That just adds another dimension to the entire offense as well. So yeah, it's just fake John Goble, 10 and 8. If they get both guys, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Seven, eight, if they don't. 11 and 7 would be fun though. Sure. I mean, you'd be you'd oh, yeah. be a seed. You'd be a seed at 11 and 7. You'd be a nice little 5 seed out there, baby. Yeah, you'd be you'd be wearing a white jersey in the first get game. That, get that 5-12 matchup. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. A sight to see. Hey, haven't seen that since the you know what game. No, the game, well, were they a higher seed than Iowa? Yeah, seven ten. Oh, remember, they should have been like no, a I, yeah. freaking four. I mean, a five or a six seed, but they they put them at a seven because they said, "Okay, you're a seven seed, but you get to play in Columbus, Ohio." Yeah, against CJ Frederick and yeah, a really good Iowa team in in the hardest full court press defense you've ever faced. <laughs> that was just insane. Anyway. Um, Let's let's wrap up the basketball talk real quick with just thoughts on the whole uh, happenings. I mean, we got to just touch on it a little bit. Um, I mean, some really great quotes from from Justin Williams, who I've never heard of this Justin Williams guy, but he he did a pretty good article on this. As he's, uh, he's yeah, he's, the guy the guy seemed like a pretty good writer. I'd like yeah. to meet him sometime. I, me too. He seemed seemed like he knows that he was talking about a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of just. Broke down everything, obviously. Uh, last last Friday, a little, little Friday news dump during the during the uh, day, and then it really came out strong there in the uh, post game press conference as as Wes was able to use this platform as well. Um, I, I would have invited him on the nightcap that night post game, but there's no way he was awake uh, when we went live. So, you know, he, he's probably at at some Big Twelve location that. Uh, Big 12 game yeah. of the week location or something like something. that. Yeah. Covers the whole conference these days or whatnot. R- um, rising star, that guy. Yeah. I don't even know if he'd answer my call. You know, and, and uh, John Rothstein, I'm, I'm going to take a little quote from him. Justin Williams, buy stock now. You know, if you haven't bought <laughs> stock already, you're behind. Um, I sold yeah. my Justin Williams stock. <laughs> well, well, you sold pretty high. Um, some of the some of the main things coming from it, obviously, are are talking about how you know, he's hired hired the uh, legal representatives that Tez Walker used. Who's you know, Chad, you've you've kind of alluded to mentioned this, I guess, uh, in, in one of the previous ones, but uh, kind of went in depth about that. Um, a couple good good uh, quotes from uh, from Yost as well the uh, AG in Ohio, uh, my favorite one, I'm going to just read it, was uh, the NCAA does seem to be kind of arbitrary in applying their criteria for the waiver. 
but that kind of doesn't matter in terms of the antitrust question. And the NCAA knows they have a problem because they are down in the halls of Congress trying to get a law passed to give them an exemption to antitrust law. They wouldn't be doing that if they thought they were clean on this, and they are not clean. Candidly, they're holding a gallon of gas in their lap and playing with matches, which I think is just an awesome quote, first off. And then there's more about it, about you know, litigation and it kind of kind of burning down the NCAA and, and their entire operation and whatnot. It, it's going to get pretty pretty nasty. But When he said something uh, along the lines of, they want to fight, we know how to fight. I, I like right. that. Yeah. I like oh, yeah. oh yeah, for sure. And and all the all the representation is, is also saying that they have reviewed the case and they are they feel like it's a, a slam dunk win for what they have uh, as far as what they have for for Aziz, which is you know it's lawyer talk, but it they're sounding a little bit more confident than just having it be typical lawyer talk. Um I guess kind of just thoughts on on the whole situation from Friday to now, I think. You know, Wes mentioned that that today they were going to petition to the NCAA to to overrule it again. Um, I don't know. Obviously, nothing's come out on social media about that step, but seems like they're uh, they're they're ready to go to war when it comes to uh, Aziz and and do what's right here. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens or what what leaks out over this week if anything they're clearly not done so there's got to be something coming mm-hmm. is is the jameel thing gonna gonna be similar to the aziz reveal i don't know obviously it just is completely random these days obviously you see a different player I mean, i'm sure they're gonna make a big deal about it when they get a decision they just don't have a decision on his appeal yet so yeah. We'll see. The whole thing is a mess. Aaron, your thoughts on the the situation? The NCAA is, again, once again, just dug their feet in so hard that they refuse to give. And in this instance, it seems like right now they're giving to everybody but these two. Uh, As you see, just there hasn't been any in a couple days, but you've seen some situations where they've allowed other guys – the defense of why Cincinnati it doesn't make sense why he would go from Utah Valley to Cincinnati uh quite frankly that's none of your goddamn business I mean why does anyone go to any school they go to again not your concern you say you stand up for the student athlete stand up for the student athlete like so I don't know I it's I'm Ryan you you were you were actually somebody an actual student athlete where you were represented by the NCAA. I mean, how do you feel in all of this as this is going on where a guy picks a school and granted now you have NIL and now you have, these guys have been through where you didn't have two time waivers. You used to not be able to go through any of this. I think they've all been in, in school long enough to where you didn't have any of this. And they opened the floodgates to where Wes alluded to letting the two, the toothpaste out of the tube to where anybody could go do anything. Now you're trying to, get a hold on things again. And I don't know what to make heads or tails of any of this, but it just seems like the NCAA is not doing anything to stand up for the student athletes, despite them saying they stand up for student athletes. Yeah. Cause now you've created this thing where some people are getting it and some people aren't. So it should be kind of like how everyone got a sixth year that was impacted by COVID. You probably shouldn't 
you shouldn't be denying uh, waivers for anyone that's grandfathered into this situation. Maybe if you want to say, all right, this is getting out of control. Um, it's going to have to be all, all people coming in past 2023. Like we have, like that would be some sort of thing, but you can't have a, you can't have a situation where you're letting like 70% of, of guys do it across the country. And then there's 30% of guys that are getting, that are getting, um, railroaded by this so you have to have like an all or nothing stance because he, he, what you're doing is you're taking two guys and you're kind of trying to say oh you guys are lying we know you're lying but we know all the 70 percent of else of everyone they're definitely telling the truth and except every- that you, you muted yourself again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> except aziz if you if you look at his comments has multiple medical health professionals saying he has mental health issues. Well, it also goes. He also has the fact that his coach left and went to another school. No, but, but that doesn't count, Aaron. They've taken that out. That is which. Not, but my my point is that can be another. Okay, but that can be another reason why you would suffer mental health. Like, but the NCAA has dubbed that not. That doesn't matter. That's not, but let, let's take that. What I'm saying is set that aside. Set that aside. He has multiple mental health professionals saying that he suffered mental health issues while at Utah Valley. The NCAA does not get to arbitrarily say, eh, bullshit. That, yeah, you can't they, do they that. Don't, they don't get to do that. That's not the reason. The only reason there's a mental health waiver available they didn't want it. The only reason that it's available is because their lawyers told them, if you don't make this an option, you're going to get sued to hell and back. And now you have a guy that has medical documentation that there is mental health at play here, mental well-being at play. And the NCAA is going, eh, I don't, I don't think you have enough mental health. I don't think your mental health is bad enough. Get the fuck out Let's of make, here. But, yeah, but if you say you stand up... guy in the spot and say, yeah. oh, that's good. That'll do good for him. It's if you say you stupid. stand up for the student-athletes, though, and you don't they allow don't. them... Like, let's throw that out. It doesn't matter. They don't. They don't that's, give a shit about That's my point. That's my point. But, like... They threw part, one bone with NIL about it isn't gonna do us any they, good. They think that the the bone they throw with NIL is just going to, like, they hope it just saves their ass. Well, I mean, the weird thing is they actually, they they say that the association is proud to have advanced several mental health initiatives and benefits, including new bylaws that require all of the schools to provide mental health services to all student-athletes. It's all shit to cover their ass. Yeah, I just can't believe that they actually are saying that. And then what are they? They have, they have done those things, Brent. Right, right. As only as why do you not a believe preventative that? measure to arbitrarily rule on mental health. Right, exactly. I like I just think, what they're set up to, to stand up for the student athlete, and they don't do that either. So why are you not believing they're not, that they're set up for that? They're set up. Who runs the NCAA? The schools. There's no student athlete representation at the NCAA. There's, there's no sports without student athletes, Chad. Do you think the presidents and, and ADs give a shit about that? 
By and large, no. They want to protect but the golden goose. This is the closest thing that you have to representation for the student athletes. Since they don't, don't care. Since you don't have a union. They don't care. You're arguing for things that don't exist is my, my again, that's, I, <laughs> I know the point you're trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is they don't care. They have never cared. They never will care. All they care about is protecting the golden goose and we all know maintaining all know. control and allowing the money to continue to flow. That's all they care. About. Mm -hmm. And well, all the other stuff, like we, we talked about a couple weeks ago, one of the things that they added in, oh, well, now if you transfer, if you're a first time transfer, the school that you transfer to has to honor your scholarship for four years. The only reason they put that in place is to be able to say you can't you're locked in to the second school that you went to uh sorry yeah that's why we we have put these measures in place to to make sure you don't transfer yeah it will and then that's why they say when these cases go to court and whatnot and, and it's in front of a real judge they look at it and they're like well this is just stupid and they <laughs> like the whole thing is just you got to pony up the lawyer, and then when it gets to the case, then you're able to kind of step up, and then that's when the NCAA says, okay, we'd rather right. not have to deal with this. It's, so, it, it, Big John Goebel's exactly right. It had been like watching DeJulius when he had his struggles, if he had decided to transfer, and then being told he didn't suffer enough to warrant a waiver. They should not be in a position on a, on a waiver board and an appeal board Without one mental health specialist involved in the process, right? They should not be in a position to say whose mental health is like like that's like they the the wouldn't, kid wouldn't matter the, the Jalen Tyson that went to Cal, yeah, that left Texas Tech. They denied his waiver initially because they said he waited too long. It wouldn't that's matter even if your, you had even if you had a mental health specialist, you wouldn't have dealt with the student athlete. Personally, so you wouldn't know. Are you no, going to at you, least have somebody that understands mental health treatment, somebody that understands what it's like, how it works, and what it's all about? Now it's just a bunch of like jocks or, or 60 year old guys that were athletes in the 1960s that are determining what mental health looks like in 2023. Yeah. I, you know, the thing is, is as well, you know, the, the whole why Cincinnati thing is it, it should actually benefit Aziz in this case. It's not like he's transferring to Miami to play for Jim Laranaga. He's he's going to right. a location. Well, remember, they didn't include it this time, which must have meant that there was some kind of legal ramification. But in the initial, like when transfers weren't allowed. Yeah. And you had to get a waiver for a first time transfer. They they set a uh, mileage, like right. the only way if your grandma was on her deathbed, yeah. the only way you could transfer home to take care of your grandma was with it, if it was within one hundred miles. Right. Anything outside of one hundred miles, if you were one hundred and twelve miles away from your grandma, you weren't close enough in their eyes to take yep. care of your to be there for your family while I your grandma those. was dying. Yep. So I'm guessing they had to take those restrictions out. 
Probably. Because it was deemed not legal ridiculous. or antitrust or yeah, ridiculous. That's that's not a word that we can use in this because it's all fucking ridiculous, Aaron. <laughs> I'm just saying it should have been <laughs> deemed ridiculous. Right. But uh, what they're saying with Aziz, with half the support system in Akron, half of the support system in West Virginia, why Cincinnati? Well, you know what else comes into play? What if those other people didn't recruit him? Yeah. What if what if those places weren't an option? Is, is he supposed to go back to Akron and like be the, the yes, I think best that's player on a bad team? That's what their their belief is that okay, if you needed to go back to Akron to be around those people, then you should have to literally go back to Akron. Right. I, I forget who it was. Someone was granted a two time waiver because he went home. Like back to his original school. If you've it, ever been to Akron, life. Akron's enough to give you mental health issues anyway. <laughs> right. LeBron ain't there to say why, why do you think he got out? Right. Twice. Right. No, I I agree. I you know, and, and the whole thing is like this is hopefully it gets a move on because you know the season started, but it's the season goes pretty fast. You know, before you know it, it's gonna become yeah games that matter and you need you need at least some sort of concrete decision to be able to for Wes and staff to step back and say this is what we've got guys let's let's figure it out or hey we're adding the cavalry's coming right into the mix yeah you know it's like you gotta gotta get it going because if if it is a cloud and and yes obviously it's a little bit more prevalent this past week where you know it took over two post-game pressers and and Wes was making statements but if it's something that just bleeds on, it, it's going to be an innate thing that just has an effect that no one really knows it truly has on the team. So I, I hope it's just quick. I hope it's actually the right decision. Um, but the lawyers are, man, they're confident, man. <laughs> they're like, we have the case we need. And we think yeah. that what the NCAA is doing is most likely illegal. So going to move on, lock it down. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to talk about this for a few more weeks and can't wait. Who knows? But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and timestamp and, and let's do this mailbag. And Aaron, I'm not like, I'm not coming at you for like, it, it's a common stance that, that you have that a lot of people have. I've just been around this shit long enough to know, like it doesn't do any good to talk about shit that should matter, but doesn't like it should matter. The things that you're, you're bringing up, they just don't. Because the organization doesn't give a shit about the well-being of the student-athletes. So I'm not going to act like I'm surprised that, that they don't give point. a shit about the student-athletes. Right, because was... we know, we are well aware, there are decades of evidence that they see them as less than. That they Numbers. see them as, but well, they see them as you're lucky to be here. If it wasn't for us, you wouldn't be here. So they're they're like UCF fans. That might be the best point you've ever made. Wow! Clip the it. NCAA treats college sports like UCF fans treat college football. They invented the whole damn thing, and we all should just be lucky yep. to be in their presence. Clip we, it, we, in we, it. We paved the way for you. <laughs> yeah, that's that might be the best point you've ever made, sir. Very proud of you. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company. 
For all your non-food products, Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Aaron, can you get that bomber jacket picture up? Uh, Ryan, have you seen the bomber jacket yet? Yes, I have. It looks pretty dope. Uh, how would you feel? Like, would you rock that over your letter jacket? I would rock that over a letter jacket like that. I need to, let me see. Hold on. Let's do a comparison. I got it right. Now, this is what I like. This is the next, kind of thing that I like. Jacket. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that I like. Aaron's working on getting the picture of the bomber jacket up, and Ryan's going with the letter. I mean, that sea paw is massive, bro. It's yeah, the size it of your is. whole head. <laughs> you can't. Miss and you got this a thing, giant man. head. Like you got a moon rock head. <laughs> you think? Yeah, That's I know. I'm speaking. Dude, come Look on. What size you wear? What are you? What are you? Seven I, and three I was like, I don't even know what my fitteds are. Look at look at Royer jacked up. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I I could like I was on the edge of like a medium and a large helmet. Really? I always went with a large. Yeah, I had to. Get Maybe it's the up. hair. Maybe it's the, yeah, hair, the hair that I think you have. The hair is longer head. now. All right, you gotta do the comparisons. There you go. It's got the angry bear cat. Like I, I just I want the angry bear cat on everything. The angry dunking bear cat. I want him on everything. <laughs> Show the back, Aaron, with the with the Cincinnati. I could see uh Travis Kelsey rocking that. Oh, that the looks Taylor like something on his arm. That's the yeah. best they give me. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a classic font, it's a classic design. Go go to homefieldapparel.com at checkout, enter the code BCJ23, get yourself 15% on an item like this. 15% is a it's a pretty significant number. So get yourself the bomber jacket. I've had multiple uh BCJ members hit me up and say that theirs has already arrived, uh, and they were rocking it this weekend this past weekend uh, for the games. So homefieldapparel.com, code BCJ23, and get yourself the fresh, fresh new. Look, you can't get a Letterman jacket. You listening right now, you can't. Ryan Royer can't. That's why he has it. You can't. What you can get is this awesome bomber jacket to wear to rep the Bearcats in those I wonder if you can get one of those VART one of those varsity jackets in like the player's trunk or something like that. <laughs> I don't know that you I can. haven't seen a tr- I haven't seen a trunk for our, our school. My trunk There's, was there just was... all of my friends. <laughs> you wouldn't no, the, believe the, the player's amount of trunk clothes I like, gave away. The stuff you know, the players you know what I'm sell. talking about the Yeah. Yeah, do we King have Brooms, a, do we, are we affiliated? A lot of Kane Broom I mean, stuff no. was in there. Jaron had stuff in there. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's get through this mailbag. Not a lot. So we should be good today. We never make these things go long. Yeah, never. Uh, first 17 minutes was long. In honor of the 2.30 kickoff, if you could ch- Choose the ideal kickoff time. What would it be? Can also have a different answer if you want to do one for September and one for November. 
I don't know that I remember at 2.30, so I'm I'm going to give 2.30 a, a healthy shot this See week. Yeah, like, but 3.30 for me, you don't have to get up at the ass crack of dawn. I don't have to put my dogs immediately, like, wake up, yeah. take the dogs out, feed them, put them straight in the crate, mm-hmm. and then they're there for six, seven hours or whatever. Um, and then at night, like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a night owl. I would prefer not to be awake at three, three thirty in the morning. Right. As somebody that generally, I couldn't tell you the last time I was asleep before midnight. I still would like to be in bed before three. So three thirty for me is ideal. I think there could be something to two thirty, but I get why two thirty is not a thing because you start some of the games at noon, and the game that starts at two thirty is going to be happening while those games are in the fourth quarter. But I think I'll be pretty happy with 2.30 come Saturday night. If you're only doing one game, though, at that 2.30 time, as like for, for an ESPN, or then fine, because you can move some of those games. Not every game is going to be interesting at the end. Yeah. So, well, take- also, the 2.30 game is going to be interesting while the other games, the 3.30 games are at like halftime or early third quarter. Yeah. Where the two thirty game is going to be coming down to the wire. I do like the, the staggering is nice. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So three thirty preferably, Ryan. As a player, what did you like? Noon. Three thirty. I like three thirty as a fan and player. Um, N- nip it night. Noon, well, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going based off of like full about being able to like take advantage of the full day, like. You don't have to wake up super early, and you're not groggy. You're kind of, you get some time to wake up as a player, and then you will get you will get part of the night game in the fourth quarter when you get towards the back end of the season. And then after you get the dub, you got plenty of time to go celebrate with your boys and have a good time. Um, and it's like the same thing with being a fan. You know, you can wake up. Get you don't have to get up get to a tailgate at eight a.m. You can. Take your time, get over there, and then by the time the get game the tailgate ends, tailgate at eleven or twelve. Still have plenty yeah. of time. It's lunch. Like, how about that? Yeah. Like, it's lunch. You like, lunch. you get to have yeah. a good lunch spread. Screw the twelve noon kickoff, man. I'm you. out on noon. I'm out on noon. I don't. I, I do like <laughs> that that you're done yeah. generally early, but right. we're still contenting at that point in time. Like, it doesn't. Change a lot for us. It means we get done at nine instead of three. But yeah. noon sucks. I'm out on noon. Yeah. Good air. All right. I think we're all in agreement. Okay. I, th- I think we're good. Uh, how would you feel if the Bearcats won the last two games to finish five and seven and were offered a bowl slot, as has been happening in the last six to eight years on a limited basis? In bigger conferences, I feel great. Be good, great. They they get awesome. some extra practices. They they get yeah. a chance to get even more Moment. development for the younger guys, which is necessary. Um, I'd still feel kind of icky about it. Win six games, like you, you don't. Yeah. Hey, my bet would hit. So that's I true. <laughs> I don't know if this. <laughs> God bless. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I just don't know if this is even going to be worth the conversation 
as I don't know if they're going to win the last two games. But uh, Kansas without Bean, without Daniel, that's a different Kansas team. And West Virginia is kind of Jekyll and Hyde. They're still not good. They're better go. than everybody thought they would be. But don't they're still not good. You, don't, don't get too far ahead of your skis there, Chad. Come on. I, I'm not saying they can beat West Virginia. <laughs> I'm saying West Virginia is not – like I think – Here's the thing with West Virginia, I'll say, as we go into, like, the Wednesday show, that we will talk about this extensively. Mm -hmm. There is a bit of an overreaction because they were supposed to be so bad that they fired their coach, like, a month into the season. Like, that's what everybody believed. Right. So there is this overreaction that they haven't been bad, so they must be good. But they're still bad. They're still not good. I don't, I'm not going to say they're bad. Right. But they're not good. So do I think, am I going to predict Cincinnati to win at West Virginia? No. Am I going to say it's out of the realm of possibility? No, because that's a West Virginia team that's okay at best. Yeah. Okay at best. Six and a half point spread. They just lost by 40 at Oklahoma. Yeah. Now, whether or not they uh, bounce back, like like they come out swinging, or they're looking at it kind of deflated, right? We'll find out. Kathy, I I, I know this is going to be hard for you to understand, but one thirty six is significantly less than one sixty. I got you, Kathy. I got you. Okay. Um. How good of a deal is it to get Northwestern State to come to Nippert for just $425,000? I have no idea. reported today. Pretty good. If you can get a buy game for under a million, pretty good in today's market. Yeah. Does nothing for me either way. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm, I think the answer is pretty good. Next question. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, that's the football portion of the mailbag. After the win, everyone's a little hungover, apparently. Moving on to the basketball portion of the mailbag. What will Wes have the guys focusing on this week leading up to NKU? Anything specific that the guys not in the rotation need to start doing to get more minutes? Thinking we need the depth when Big 12 rolls around, I think it's safe to say he won't be doing anything with an urn. Well, how much more depth do you want? They have nine, nine guys that are heavily in the rotation. I don't know how much more depth is necessary like at, at this point. Now, if there's an injury, then, yeah, maybe you need to develop those guys more. But I don't know that you're doing it four minutes at a time in non-conference by games. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Wes will have them focusing on trying to beat NKU. Trying, you, know what, you know what they get to spend a whole week on, Brent? Getting open matchup zone. The matchup zone that they yeah, do not crack in the second half last year. You don't want to see the twelve-minute Sage game against NKU. Uh, if he can shoot, maybe against that matchup zone, I, I don't mind it. 
But, but you know, Sage's one look in that uh, Detroit game didn't look too bad. No, he can. He's got. He's got some offensive skill. It's oh, yeah. it's strength and you know physicality that are holding him back. It's not skill. No. Um, he will have them focusing on winning the NKU game, and the guys not in the rotation need to. Rayvon needs. Do you want to? Do you want to make this as simple as we can make it? Rayvon needs to be better than Josh Reed. That's, That's what he needs to do to crack the rotation. Like Josh right now is the last wing in the rotation. It's like it's like the, the old adage about like if there's a bear chasing the four of us, I don't have to be faster than the bear. I just have to be faster than Brent. Because <laughs> the bear is going to catch the last guy. Rayvon needs to catch Josh Reed. So that means he's Can got he me faster than you, Brent. Who, the bear? No, Chad's Chad's got me faster than you. That's what that means. Yeah, you probably are, man. I'm, I'm pretty slow. <laughs> it's, it's those dress shoes you're always wearing, brother. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm a slow mover. I like you. You don't like have to, to be faster time. than the bear. You just got to be faster than the last guy. Amen. So that's, you know, that's what Ray needs to do. He needs to play well enough to pass Josh. And guess what? Josh is working his ass off for that not to happen. And Ray's working his ass off for it to happen. I feel like even as he was saying that, though, Brent, he was looking back and forth from box to box, sizing us up. <laughs> you know what? I'll I'll just try and become friends with the bear. <laughs> That's exactly. Brent would be like, hey, buddy. Hey, my guy. Yeah. My the, guy. Bear, the bear whisperer. Uh, 100%. What happened to Brent? Well, he got his he got his head eaten off. The bear ate him, but they dapped up. Like yeah. they dapped up before. Looked like love before it happened. <laughs> and by dap, I mean he swiped his whole face off. <laughs> Brent was like, hey, and the bear was like, Whoa. Oh. Which will happen first, Christmas on December 25th, or Aziz and or Jamil are eligible to play? And if you say, I don't know, Chad, I'm going to heckle you at Sunday's game. I know you don't know, but I want a hot take, damn it. I don't know. Guys, take it away. <laughs> um, you guys aren't Christmas. touching it? Christmas. Christmas comes Christmas first. happens first. Yeah. I think we know before Christmas. I, I do. I think one way or another, we know what the final, like, you know, they're going to be here for the rest of the season or they're not by Christmas. I would hope. Jesus, how could it go past Christmas? Come on. What are we doing? That'd be, man. They were both back for that game against Evansville. Arguably the worst team on the doesn't say we know or not. It just says do they play or are they eligible to play or not? I don't know. Well, I think we need a decision. You have to have a decision to know whether they're eligible to play. There's been plenty of decisions already. They've just all been against <laughs> our favorite. I mean, do I think there's a temporary restraining order before Christmas? Absolutely. Well, didn't didn't Penny have an injunction on a player where he got yeah, to play? Yeah, and then all of those wins were negated because James Wiseman was ineligible. Well, James, James Wiseman wow. didn't hold through on the fight. He just eventually said, fuck this, man. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm, I'm out. going to get paid. Like, fuck That's this. Fucking, fuck I'm this a pick. top three NBA pick. 
right. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. So that was a little bit of a different scenario. Anyway. What you got, Brent? Uh, well, there's only one guarantee, and that is the guarantee that Christmas is coming on December 25th. So, Fair enough. Jingle bells. For each of you, what's been your favorite thing about this team so far? Ryan, you've watched some hoops. What's your favorite thing so far? Um, I think it's just the way the, the guys are playing together, I, how I kind of hit on earlier. I just, they just feel like a team and there's still a bunch of guys on there that are transfers and young guys that are coming into their own, but everything's seeming to mesh really well. And I'm just excited. They got a ton of potential and probably John Newman slamming the fuck out of the ball. That's some, that's been some good. That's been some crazy, crazy dunks. I like that. Haven't seen that in a while. Great. That type of authority. Brent, what you got? Oh, man. Um, I mean, we kind of already touched on this, but uh, I'd say all of the new faces being either as good as advertised or uh, potentially better would, would be my answer. I think Day Day, CMOS, CJ, all of them have shown what we were expecting to see. And then at different times, they've each shown a little bit more. So that point guard. Oh, yeah. Do you know how dangerous it is to go into a season with two guys that have never dribbled a basketball in a college Division One basketball game and neither of them being like, Isaiah Collier, who has been exactly what exactly what the scouting report that they had on him was. No, I'm just saying they nailed the scouting report on Isaiah Collier. Yeah. NBA. They knew they needed that, and they still were able to find it even without getting Isaiah Collier. Like, like I have not watched, and there are going to be games. There are going to be games where we're like, man, point guard just didn't have it tonight. And that's okay, because that's how this all works. But I watch these two dudes, and I say, for at least the next two years, and potentially the next four, this program is okay at point guard. I'm comfortable saying that through three games, watching their competitive nature, watching their aggressiveness, watching how they defend, watching how – Every second that they're on the floor, I never feel like those guys like are coasting. I feel like they are foot on the gas pedal, accelerator all the way down at all times. And I, I, that's exactly what you need at point guard, I think, in this conference. So for me, that's my favorite thing. And Wes said it. Yesterday, we got it right. We got point guard right. And if they didn't, oh, we would be having some bad conversations right now if these first three games, they were averaging a combined, like, you know, 11 points, five turnovers, shooting, you know, 16% from three. Like, we would all be here like, uh uh-oh. And guess what? All three of these games, well, maybe not Detroit Mercy, but – the other two games would have looked a lot different 
if the point guards weren't really good. And uh, what we've seen so far, Jizzle has made significant strides. Game one, two, three. And I think that'll that'll continue at least through November and December. So, yeah. For me, it's been the aesthetics. And by that, I mean they have the Jordan brand back. They have the blocks back on the jerseys. They have the dunks back. They've been moving the ball, and it's not been iso ball. It's been just run and gun, and I am here for all of the aesthetics thus far on this young season. It's hard to run flow if your team doesn't pass the ball. They've been passing (laughs) the ball well. The whole point of flow is that everybody is constantly moving, and you are moving the defense with you along the way, and – that's hard to do when you pass the ball and the ball stops for 14 seconds while one guy goes through his legs and behind his back and two steps forward and two steps back and opposites attract or something like a pole waiting for the ball. play to develop that never develops. And now the ball is being shot with three seconds left on the shot clock. You, you again ruined my 1980s pop culture reference. I trampled your bit. <laughs> is Day Day going to try to dunk on somebody every game? I hope so. Just one. I just want one time every game where Day Day comes down the lane like this. All right. Wes confirmed if he had a trampoline, he would do that. Yep. It's not slam ball. Have we ever had a pair of faster point guards? Maybe Devin Downey. Really excited about our point guards. A pair? I don't think so. Was One, Devin, yeah. Devin Downey and uh, Jihad Muhammad and Chad Moore. Uh, Chad Moore ain't. ain't yeah, really we never got really to see Chad because his back was. anybody, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sat, Kenny Satterfield was New York fast, like had that, that extra gear. I don't know that there's ever been two like, you know, that's what something I've talked about is generally when you have one guy like that, Mm -hmm. you have to dial back when the other guy goes in. Right. And now defenses don't get a break because for 40 minutes, you're going to get one of those two guys coming downhill at you. What about Dave and Mikey? No, Dave wasn't fast. He wasn't. No. I know he played a lot Dave of ISO skilled. ball. Dave was skilled. Dave was like in and out, like get All the right. defender off balance, step back. Dave's game was always kind of backwards more than it was forwards. He would go forwards once he got you off balance backwards, and then he would go back around you. But he was never just like ripping through and like like Dave could never do the spin move that Jizzle did the other night. Was was Mikey here when when Johnson was here, Kevin. No, I'm. I'm sorry. Maybe it's not Johnson. Uh, what was the kid who? Oh, uh, is the Logan St. Mary's Logan. Yeah. Um. No, he wasn't here with Logan. Logan was different. There was some speed to Logan to to Logan Johnson's game, but he wasn't end to end like he was more just athletic. He was a freak athlete, bouncy, yeah. and yeah. All right. I'm done playing guessing games with that. 
I just don't know that there's ever been two at the same time is, is where, where I'll agree. If we can start a plays of the season contest top 10, I would nominate Day-Day's almost end of the half dunk, Jizzle electric spin move for a layup, and Newman's angry dunk so far. Those are good ones. I would have Day-Day's Day-Day putting a guy on skates to end the, the half on that three and just the step back after the guy's on the floor. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. I'm going uh, angry dunk from Newman. Oh, yeah. Which which one? All, I all think the three first in one. three games. <laughs> I think the first one just because it kind of just said, uh, oh, there he Set is. A tone. Set a <laughs> tone. There he is. Yep. Yeah. And that first one, too, because you're like, oh, there's not enough time in the shot clock. And then he was like, all right, watch this. Boom. Yeah. Maybe the Vic three where he put his both hands up real fast. I don't know if there's been any defensive highlights where like a, a Kenyon Martin block all the way down the court or anything like that yet. Yeah. Cody yeah. had a pretty good weak side block. He did. And it went to, yeah, it went into the second row or something, I think. Yeah. And then he had one this past game that led to the Newman dunk. Yeah. Odie gonna get um, one that's, that makes the highlight reel though. I'm I'm with you there. I the Vic three has to go up there. The Newman, I think the, the Newman one yesterday getting getting a body. Yeah. Has to go up there. But yeah, I mean if Day Day makes that dunk, we're talking about that. That dunk is on highlight reels for a yeah, long, like a the, long like the every basketball dunk time. against DePaul. Every basketball video for a while. I watched that every. I, I will say, fake John Goble, you make a good like the Newman one. We've been wondering all off season, like, is John healthy? Why John was starting? We, that's what we were wondering. <laughs> well, you that's what you were wondering. Um, you knew, but that's none of us have been in practice. I know. Well, but John didn't look like that. Leading up, like I've asked him about that. He did not look like I asked him about that after the uh Detroit Mercy game. That's not who John had been over the past six weeks, like leading up to the season. So to see that in that opening game at the end of the shot clock, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. So after three games of observing the pieces Wes has to work with, assuming only one waiver becomes eligible, whose skill set gives the Bearcats the highest ceiling, Jamil or Aziz, and why? Aziz, because he's an alien. He is an alien. That's all I got. All right, Brent, anything to add to that? Um, I, I, I would I would also say, like, Vic gives you some back-to-the-basket scoring. Like, that's uh, – Jamil also brings that, and it's better to have two of those than one. But – Aziz's ability to catch a lob, to block shots, to run the floor, to impact the game, it's different than anything they have. So I'll take the guy that's not like anything else that's on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at exactly what I was going to say. All right. Sorry, Brad. My bad, Brad. That's the basketball portion of the mailbag. The last portion of the mailbag, of course, is skins. Rapid fire. Better line dance, the cha-cha slide, or the boot scoot and boogie? 
I am never here for country. I'm going to go cha-cha slide. (laughs) Yeah. To the left. To the left. You never gone line dancing, Aaron? No. He He just doesn't like it. Little boot scoot and boogie. No. (laughs) Here we go. Cha-cha slide. I'll even put the electric slide over over the boot scootin' boogie. Yeah, yeah. Cotton Eye Joe might be better than the boot scootin' Where'd boogie. Where'd you come from? Where'd you go? Uh, has anyone had a more productive day than Dolly Parton writing Jolene and I Will Always Love You on the same day? I think Travis uh, Kelsey had a pretty good Saturday. Chad and I did an 18-hour podcast where we had anyone who's anyone with UC Athletics on. We did. We did do that. Yeah, that happened. That happened. We need another one of those this this winter. No, no, no. Yes. Don't. Well, if you don't want, if you're too much of a softy to do all 12 hours, I'll find other people to. 12 is fine. Another 18-hour. Is not. It was 15. We did 12 and then we did an extra three after the 12. So we could get to a thousand. It was 15. But anyway. The dog agrees. Yeah. Aaron seems like he was voted to outlaw dancing in Footloose. (laughs) (laughs) No argument. Which Which song gets white people going more? Come on, Eileen or Sweet Caroline. I'm going to go with Sweet Caroline because we all know the words to Sweet Caroline. Come on, Eileen. You kind of, there's some. (laughs) Okay, I like that. Uh, What what are the other, the the other, what, uh, Journey? White anthems. Oh, yeah. Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing gets white people. As soon as, as soon, yeah. Oh, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Brightside. Brightside. Mr. Oh, Brightside. Yeah. Pleasure of that. As soon as white people hear boom, ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum, like, it, it, like, don't stop believing just rocks the house immediately. Seven Nation Army. <laughs> That's European people more than it is, like, white people specifically. We, we all have a friend in our friend group that when Mr. Brightside comes on, he, like, he just... Goes all all out. And in your friend group, that friend is you, Brent. No, it's not. It's my friend Steve. My friend Steve. He loves it. Believe me, I handle I handle most other songs, but I let I let Steve have Mr. Brightside. Okay. I went I did fuck country roads. That song's about people from Virginia, not West Virginia. Although my uh I didn't have a friend in high school, his his mom's name was Eileen. And I would just, I abused the crap out of that song. And she just, she really hated me for a while. Did you? Say, oh, come on, to do Eileen. I don't want to know what happened with you and Eileen. Yeah, I, I ain't going to tell you either. <laughs> Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Stacy's mom. She's got it going on, bro. <laughs> Uh, follow-up question, Jen- Jennifer Lopez or Halle Berry? Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Man. J-Lo. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll go uh I'll go J Lo, but man, Shakira. 
there's something about Shakira. See, that's the thing. I think Shakira does J Lo better than J Lo, so I'll take Halle Berry. I tell you what, that that Super Bowl performance, I was like, oh, right, Shakira dominated J Lo, dominated J Lo, and and now that we found that side of Brent, get us out of here, Brent. Oh, <laughs> oh, relax. But hey, guys, another come on, Eileen. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> say all right but hey another huge week guys another huge week kind of a weird week off for basketball you know get some things in line for their sunday game 2 p.m against northern kentucky we'll be talking a lot throughout the the week about that and of course football another chance to to ride the win streak one more game (laughs) make it rolling uh at west virginia morgantown Get some Mountaineers. Uh, that's again at two thirty on Saturday at the Holy Grail. Head head down there for the watch party. So, uh, you know, what we should do. What's that? We should get an outsider's view. Go see Brent. Oh. Okay, here we go, real quick. Come Two and a half hours. Oh, you gotta be on camera. No. Try one of these and tell me what you think. Tiger wants one. I don't think he wants it. Dog will eat that. <laughs> sure. Oh, that's not a good. That's not a good sign for the dog. <laughs> a little liquid shit all over the carpet. Is that what it ah, for you, Boilers did not cover, but hey, they, they won. How, how's that? What's your take on the Tapatio Doritos? It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hot. <laughs> Is it like hotter than like flaming hot Cheeto hot? Hotter than flaming hot Cheetos hot? They're about equal, she said. Okay. okay. Equal. So they're they're right. not like extreme. You can sit back and chew on them. They're hot. They're hot, but they're not like like absurdly hot. And that is the review of the Tapatio Doritos here on the BBP. Oh yeah. They're hot. That's they are the hot. <laughs> coming in hot. Just as Let's the basketball go. team is coming in hot. A chance to uh continue 4-0 this Sunday, and of course. Basketball game on Saturday, so stay locked into BCJ throughout the week. But yet again, All right. for my uh, shout out to Home Field Apparel, shout out to Dan Kirk and Auto Care, shout out to Quick Paper Supply. Uh, but uh, for my guys, pals, partners, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer, I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya.